Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Continental Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Welcome to IMSA Radio's live coverage of the Continental Sports Car Challenge from Virginia International Raceway. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Roller. I'll be joined by John Hindoff shortly. But here's Jeremy Shaw with the grid for today's race. Thank you very much indeed, Jim. Starting at the back of the grid in this 13th row in the ST class, the two minis. Both of them had problems yesterday with a wire loose in the fuel system on the back row. Then number 37, we started by Zach Meyer, handed over to Stephen Simpson, alongside him on the inside. Teammate, number 52, started by Ramon Abdul Dahavi and handing over to Tyler Stone. On the 12th row of the grid in ST, on the outside, number 86, Sam Schechter and Aaron Nash in the BMW 128i. On the inside, one of the next level European Porsche Caymans, car number 38, Daniel Rogers and Seth Thomas. On row 11 on the outside, the Matt Dickin and Corey Lewis Porsche Cayman and hand over to Christian Schimjak for the second stint in this two and one half hour race. On the pole position in ST, the first time this season, Jeff Mosing in the car number 56 in the Porsche Cayman, he will share with defending series champion Eric Foss. Moving on to the GS category, the sixth row of the grid. On the outside uh, is Scott Maxwell and Billy Johnson. They will share number 51 Ford Mustang Boss 302R. Why not the Shelby G350R that you normally race, you ask? Well, a big crash yesterday in practice for Scott Maxwell. The Multimatic team have driven down from Toronto, one of the older Ford Mustang bosses, to start this race. It arrived at 7.30 this morning and is ready to go. On the inside of row six, Charles Esperlaub and Charlie Putman will share the automatic racing number 09 Aston Martin Vantage. Their teammates, Al Carter and Brett Sandberg, will start in number 99 car from 10th on the grid. That's another Aston Martin Vantage. Both of those two cars had electrical problems in qualifying as well. In the ninth position on the grid, Nick, Nick, Nick Galanti and Brian Faisler in the Ford Mustang Boss 302R for Racers Edge Motorsport, car number 78. Row four of the grid on the outside, Martin Barkey will start the Mantella Autosport Chevy Camaro, car number 80, and hand over to Kyle Marcelli. On the inside, Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell in the Chevy Camaro Z28R, car number 6. Row three of the grid, Ashley Freiberg and defending series champion Trent Hinman in the four-line motorsports BMW M3, car number 46. On the inside of that row, car number 9, second of the Stevenson Camaros. Matt Bell will start the car, Lawson Aschenbach will finish. Row two of the grid on the outside, the winners of the last round at Road America two weeks ago. Hugh Plum will start the Rum Bum Racing Porsche 911. His brother Matt will finish, that is car number 13. Third on the grid, Jade Buford and Austin Sindrick, the second of the Multimatic Motorsports entries. This is their regular one, number 158 Ford Shelby GT350 RC. On the outside of the front row, is car number 41, Nick Hamann, making just his third start in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. That is one of the Doran Racing Nissan GT Academy Nismo Nissan 370Zs. He will share with Nick McMillan and their teammates for Doran Racing and Nissan. Car number 14, Brad Jager qualified on the pole yesterday. A new track record, 158 
0.029. He will share his Nissan car number 14 with BJ Zacharias. The man who owns the uh, two cars that are on the front row, the Nissans that have locked out the front row, Kevin Doran. What did you tell the boys about turn one? Well, hopefully they can have a good clean start. And uh, if it works out the way we'd like, we'll uh, have two Nissans going under that Nissan bridge. But uh, who knows? You know, we'll see what happens here. Um, our cars are a little slow to start and uh, better at the finish. But uh, hopefully we'll be there at the end, two and a half hours from now is when it really counts. What about tire management in a two-and-a-half-hour race? I think it's key here. There's a fair amount of uh, drop-off on the tire here with the hot sun today. So um, if we have long green runs, we should have a huge advantage. It's a tight race in GS, but handicap your competition. Who worries you the most? You know, there's, uh, there's only 11 or 12 of us out there, and um, unfortunately, 11 or 12 guys could win. So um, it's... Uh, it's going to be a really good show. I mean, the Camaros are always tough. The Mustangs are great. You know, the everybody, the Rum Bum car. I mean, they're uh, the points championship's close. Everybody's pretty tight. Uh, this track favors us and maybe the uh, six-owner cars. So, so here I'd expect uh, Rum Bum or us to uh, have a little advantage. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. It's Jim Roller, our Continental Tire pit lane reporter, and Kevin Doran, two cars on the front row at a track that is uh, very much uh, Nissan-focused here. And indeed, the man at the uh, head of uh, Nissan's uh, support, motorsport support has just given the command to start engines down in the pit lane. And he was a very smiley man, as you might, uh, might imagine. John Hindorf, Jeremy Shaw, and Jim Roller getting ready for another great afternoon of sport from VIR, the Continental Tires Sports Car Challenge Race. They've not disappointed at all at any stage this season, Jeremy. The racing has been absolutely sensational, John, and I expect much of the same this afternoon. We heard there from Karen D Kevin Doran, certainly the Nissan 370Z. It's a nimble little car. It's relatively easy on its tyres. It should be particularly good in this race. But as you said, that Rumbum Porsche, they won last time out, and they're looking to get themselves back into championship contending contention. Jade Buford and Austin Sindrick, well, they've been fast all season long. They've already had a win this season in at number 158, Shelby GT350 RC. It's, it's going to be a really cracking race, I think. And uh, uh, my money, yeah, my money's on the Nissan, but their pit stops haven't been the best this nope. season. So Doran Racing have really got to step up to the plate, make sure they get the strategy right, and their pit stops perfect. I think it might be a Porsche day today. I just feel it. If they can keep the tyres on that 911, I think the Rumbum guys will be there or thereabouts. But you can say that of the front half of the field in Frank. In, in, uh, what about ST? Big yep. change there because no Liam Dwyer this weekend. No, that's right. So for the championship positions, uh, that's, uh, that means that uh, Andrew Carbonell now is on his own in that car in terms of going for the championship. We've got two Mousers there separated by just two points at the front of the field. But I think this may be a Porsche Cayman track here. They've been super strong in practice, but the BMW is up there as well. It's going to be a, a, another tight race, I think. But what's interesting is I was talking to the, the serious technical manager just within the last hour, and they'd taken data from all the cars, and on the, on the back straight from Oatree Corner to the top of the hill, they're almost identical in terms of the elapsed time from start to finish on the straightaway. The brand-new for 2016 Nissan Maxima 
safety car pulls it's the pace car now if we see it again it'll be the safety car let's hope we don't it's a split start so the gs runners come to the line first of all brad yeager and nick Haman in the 14 and the 41 the 14 and the 41 the two nismo nissan 370s have the field behind them the being hordes are ready to be released as we wait for the green flag at vir the green is called the throttles are opened and the horsepower is released down towards the first corner. The two Nismo cars tuck in behind each other. Porsche around the outside. Here comes the Shelby down the inside. It looks like Rumble Racing getting pushed out there just a little bit by the 158. Jim Buford got a great start. Back to the start line for the STs. Jeff Mosing very excited about leading the field around with Justin Piscatel alongside him. They get their green flag. Fantastically straight start. Absolutely together as they went past our comedy position. The orange and black of Jeff Mosing gets the jump though and he's got a train of three cars in behind him which includes the first of the Hondas but it looks like Piscatel is using the handling ability of the MX-5, the Alara car, the bright red 34 machine to hold on to his second position just about. Yes he does. That was brave stuff from Piscatel because he was rather out powered down to the first corner but he used the advantage of the handling of the MX-5 to his advantage and there's Andre Hartanto too in the BMW makes a move to the inside gets it completely sideways at the exit turn four just about to hold on ahead of Dylan Murcott so the early running here at the Continental Tires sports car challenge at VIR is all about jostling for position Freedom Autosport right in the middle of the pack. The GS cars are up the road and Jeff Mosing leads the STs, the street tuner category, up towards Oak Tree Turn for the first time. Hello to CJ Wilson, who I know is uh, sitting at home at the moment listening to us on IMSA Radio. CJ, your boys did a decent job in qualifying. They've got a bit to do here in the race, though, and it's going to be a very interesting next two and a half hours or so. Just uh, rounding the oak tree corner for the first time the car has uh, survived the first couple of corners so that's the first thing and a very clean start by both classes and that i like to see jeremy let's get it underway through goes the nissan of brad Yeager in first position and it's jade buford in second hugh plum third so the second of the nissans with nick haman the gt academy graduate man who has started his racing career via console gaming has been bumped down to th fourth position at the moment. 14, 158, 13, 41 are the top four at the moment. Just wonder if Nick Haman is playing it steady and getting the tyres to come up to temperature and yeah. to pressure. In fact, he's nipped back into third position there. It was side by side as they went across the line. And Hugh Plum is back down into fourth position ahead of the nine car. Then Ashley Freiburg in the BMW, the four-line BMW in sixth position. It's all very tight at the head of the field. Decent start, though, by Jade Buford in second position. But I've got to tell you, one and a half seconds is the gap at the head of the field for Brad Yeager. That's a brilliant start by the Nissan man. It really is a great effort there by Brad Jager. Of course, he's got a lot more experience in his car has, than has Nick Haman. This is just Nick's third start in the championship. And uh, you know he's not... He, he's, he wants to make sure he doesn't make a mistake at the start, that's for sure, because uh, there's a lot riding on him. He, you know, he's not in the championship chase, nor is his teammate uh, Nick McMillan, but they want a strong run. They qualified on the front row. They want to make sure they finish in the top two or three. 
Ashley Freiberg has a look on the driver's right going down into the dip before the roller coaster turns and takes the position. Ashley up to fifth position. Goes ahead of one of the bigger engine cars. Fine move by Ashley. Passes the number nine. They're down to sixth and seventh now, but championship-wise, they know what they've got to do. They're sure driving within themselves. As yeah. the leader comes across the line again, it's, I'm, I'm sorry for the uh, guys behind, but Brad Jaeger, he's not being caught here. Another good lap, 159.3 last time around. He's the fastest lap of the race, and he's one of only a couple of drivers. In fact, him and his teammate are the... Oh, in fact, they've done exactly the same time, 159. 931 <laughs> from both the 14 and the 41 that last time around and that is the joint fastest lap of the race that's Kevin, Do uh, that's Kevin Doran preparing two identical cars there's no <laughs> team orders here there's none of that is there on the old radio oh. NST Jeff Mosing Justin Piscatel Andre Hartanto Dylan Merkett Cameron Lawrence Tom Long in the 26 Freedom uh, Autosport car that's important that's the championship leading car 26 is the Mazda MX-5 that is in sixth position at the moment and where is Chad McCombie oh off has got the 25 car Ooh. that is the team car to Tom Long and the championship leader that's the 25 of Britt Casey and he got help oh he almost hit his he hit his teammate he hit his teammate the two Freedom Autosport cars have made contact early on. Now, has that caused damage? There's a big bump in the left rear quarter behind the rear wheel on the left-hand side of the 26 car. Tom Long would have felt that. My goodness, that would have had huge championship implications if he took his teammate off there. I should say that the C.J. Wilson racing car, which is battling them for the championship, is in 11th position. Chad McCombie on board the number five car. Wow, what a start for Freedom Autosport. That could have been really, really important for the championship. Let's uh, head down to Jim Roller, our Continental Tire pit lane reporter, for an update from the pit lane. Jim? Casey just told the guys over the radio, John, he didn't have any brakes. So uh, he was pumping away, and it's uh, all he could do go off the racetrack well he did the right thing not using the back end of his teammate as the the way to slow himself down end of lap number three Brad Jaeger then by 1.7 seconds last time around 1.4 this from the 158 the all-white multimatic Shelby Ford 350 RC Nick Herman another good lap from him 59.7 last time around that's a new fastest lap of the race Hugh Plum getting up to speed as well with a 59.7 59.723, fastest lap of the, of the race at the moment. Meantime, in the ST battle, it's all getting very, very close indeed with Tom Long and Jason Breedis. Jason Breedis, who's got the seventh position at the moment in the Honda SI. And the reason that Brick Casey probably didn't have any brakes is he probably got up on the curb at Oak Tree Court at the previous corner, which is, albeit nearly half a mile before, because you've got that big, long, undulating straightaway before the turn at the top of the hill. But uh, what often what happens when you get the car up on, up on the curb, it kind of knocks the pads away from the disc. And then when you hit the brakes again, it takes time for the, for the pads to come in and make contact with the, with the disc. It's only momentarily, but it feels like you've got no brakes at all. Then you've got to pump the brakes. That's why often you'll see cars going down the straightaway. You see a little flash of the brake That's lines right. just, just to make sure that there is pedal there. They just have uh, pressure in that brake pedal. But that was not the case for Brick Casey Jr. He was lucky to get away with that one. Nick Herman is hoving into view behind Jade Buford. The battle for second is on. 
as the 158 goes down towards the compression and round the outside, surely not. Haman's not going to even try that. You might try that in a video game, Nick, but you can't do that in real life. And indeed, he can't pull it off. He got to the inside. He's dropped one, two positions. Through goes the Rum Bum Racing Porsche. Uh, then it's Ashley Freiburg's gone through as well, and he rejoins alongside the Aston Martin of Alcarta. That's eighth and ninth position. It was a good go by Nick Herman, but he just couldn't get the Nissan slowed down in ST at the head of the field. It is now Justin Piscatel and Jeff Morsing who are just breaking away from the BMW of Andre Hartanto in third position. He's got a queue of cars behind him. One, two, three cars almost together. In fact, the top five are coming back together now, and Tom Long has got a little bit of a breathing space. Tom Long now in fifth position as Cameron Lawrence must have made a mistake last time around in the 93, and Jason Breedis has dropped back as well as the second place is being disputed in the roller coaster. Jason Piscatel is having to, uh, Justin Piscatel, excuse me, is having to defend stoutly against Andre Hartanto in the first of the BMWs. Porsche, Mazda, BMW, Porsche and Mazda in the top five, and they are that far apart. As quickly as I can see them, they'll go across the line in about 10 seconds' time. Yeah, that's right, with the Honda right behind them as well. That's Cameron Lawrence Mayor substituting this weekend for Ryan Eversley, who's on duty elsewhere, and running a good sixth place there for the former Transam T2 champion. Jason Breedis behind him in another BMW. Look at this battle here, these battling cars. Uh, Justin Piscatel there gets down the inside and just holds off the BMW. But now uh, that is Dylan Murcott trying to squeeze his way past the BMW of Andre Hartanto. Can he make that move at turn three? I don't know. The BMW's got the inside line. Yeah, just got on the wrong side. You've got to plan two or three corners ahead here, and Tom Long's going to take his opportunity as the two cars ahead go side by side, both compromising their entries into the tricky first three or four corner complex here. And Tom Long squares off the corner, just the old over and under, and gets to the right hand side before the first part of the snake and the uphill S's. And Tom Long is doing a great job for Freedom Autosport up into fourth position now. And these are good points for the championship charge. Meantime, Chadwick. Cumbie is up into 10th position in the number 5 MX-5. This is really, really important that Tom Long can get a good start in this race. He's going to transfer to the 26 car, but that car's not in championship contention. This car is. Meantime, Jeff Morsing has broken the tour, and just for a moment, he's got breathing room as Justin Piscatel in the Alara MX-5, the sole red, dark red colour, beautiful racing colours of Mazda Speed. Second place, but dropped away just a tiny weeny bit, but enough that the leader Jeff Mosing in that orange and black Porsche cut came and doesn't have to defend. Been a problem from the a number 11 Porsche that's got uh, Phil Bloom on board. Down he was in 20th position in his class, he's been off the circuit, he's back on. Doesn't look like he's done too much damage at the head of the field. Brad Jager still by almost two seconds, 1.7 seconds, and then the battle between Jade Buford and Hugh Plum now in second and third, as Nick Mahaman, of course, dropped down to eighth position last time around. Who's got the ponies on the back straight? Is it the Mazda or is it the Porsche? It's the Porsche. The recovering number 11 car just drags past the 25, and that is for 20th position, Brick Casey had issues earlier on with no brakes so those both cars who have had problems earlier on going down through the hog pen towards the end of the lap here at VIR live on IMSA Radio
Our Continental Tire Pitlane reporter is Jim Roller. It's Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hangnoff, in the booth. And the action is as hot as the weather here at VIR. We've had 11 and a half minutes and it's been non-stop. Yeah, it's tremendous. And it's perfect weather conditions it here today because it's, it's, it was a lot less humid, I believe, than yesterday. So not nearly as... Uh, as oppressive as it was yesterday conditions I would say absolutely perfect for motor racing and certainly for Brad Jager at the front of the field in that car number 14 then this I just turned the best lap of the race so far 159.662 just edging away in the lead fantastic battling for quite minor positions but that is Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge all the way this is 20th position in ST two drivers who both had, both had issues all earlier on uh, and by the way I'm not sure uh, if you mentioned it in your rundown, Jeremy, but Jim Maguire's 360 car did make the grid, the second of the uh, S3s. Uh, it was rebuilt overnight, and uh, one of the photographers showed me a picture when I was doing the, uh, the grid down... Uh, the formalities on the grid so it was on the back of the grid and oh. it is still racing and in fact Jim's up to uh, 24th in class he's not running at the back we were told that car wasn't going to come back but the both of the 360 the Compass 360 S3s then racing uh, Carl Thompson the man at the head of that equipe not here this weekend he's looking after the other side of the the team who are on the other side of the country at uh, Miller Motorsport Park Right, let's go back to the head of the field then, Jeremy. Yeah, some good racing going here. There is the uh, number nine Camaro. That is uh, Matt Bell, who's closing in now on Matt Plum. That team has been complaining of lack of a straight line speed for the last several races. But uh, I tell you what, it's a pretty good straight line speed there. We'll see it is on, on the straightaway. And that Camaro really, it's got due to its seven litre V8 muscle to put the power down coming out of the corner. The Porsche will be a little bit more fleet at the end of the straight, but the Camaro is so strong at the beginning of it. One of the things we should say about the racing here in Continental Tyres Sports Car Challenges, you're not allowed to make gearbox or diff changes. So you're stuck, stuck. You use the ratios that the street car has and the back axle ratio that the streetcar has. So it's not always better to have the absolute top speed because you might not be able to use all of the gears. And that's why the Nissan's so quick around here. They use five of the six gears and in fifth, they're topping out just at the top of their rev range and it's working very well for them. That's why they're so quick around here in a straight line. In ST, it's still Jeff Mosing and everyone else now is second as they're starting to puts uh, laps on Zach Meyer in the 37 uh, the John Cooper Works Mini which is back this weekend both of those cars actually the 52 car was back as well oh and problems for the 11 car that we saw off earlier on now that is uh, Phil Bloom who had the incident and he looks like he's about to lose his left rear continental tyre because there's bodywork or something rubbing on that. It looks like the front's not looking too good either. Oh, there's a touch. Ashley Freiberg, is that? No. Who's got, no, it's the team car. My goodness, no. I thought coming through the traffic there. But that was a touch between the Compass 360 and the... Ted, that's uh, Ted Giovannis there. Yeah, the 64 car. That was 15th and 16th. Also off the circuit, the 52 Mini that I was just talking about. And Ted Giovannis... He's got the front of his BMW. There's no way we're fixing it, say the four line guys. No, that's not four uh, line, sorry, that's TGM. No, that's TGM yeah, yeah. His own team there, Ted Giovannis, along with David Murray, who is his co-driver. Uh, and here's it, see what oh. happened there. The Audi just got sideways and kind of caroomed into 
uh, poor old Ted Giovannis there. He just uh, sent for a wild ride. That was a scary incident for Ted Giovannis. Uh, what a shame because they started off the season. We're going to go full course yellow. They started off the season so strong. He and David Murray, two podium finishes, first ever, ever podium finishes for the veteran uh, Ted Giovannis. But unfortunately, this weekend is not going to be another one. That was Paul Holton, I think, coming through, who has made up quite a few. Back windows gone. Left hand side rear window gone. Most of the front valance and the front end of the car gone. And he's pulled the car off rather sensibly as the right front steering arm breaks as well into the school pit lane. That's really, really good driving by Ted Giovanni. I know he wants to get it back to the pits, but the good, good on the radio from the guys and good from him to get the car off to the side of the circuit. Into the pit lane is the Phil Bloom number 11 Porsche and there's something rubbing on the rear the Continental tyre at the right rear is in uh, left rear is in a fine form that's not what's rubbing it must be the brakes then on the Demand Motorsport Porsche uh, down in the pit lane we'll uh, take the Continental tyre update from Jim Roller yeah, he brought it in with it smoking. It, it, the car, when it was out on the racetrack, looked like it was a little deranged from, from its off-track excursion. Uh, they've taken the rear tire off, and they're looking. I think you're right. I think your first assessment was right, John. I don't think it was a tire issue. I think it, it's either brakes or something in the suspension. Thank you, Jim. Jim Roller down in the pit lane as our Continental Tire pit lane reporter. Well... It looks as though Paul Holton has got away with that side-by-side -side contact in the Compass 360 S3. Phil Bloom in the pit lane. The wheel is going to go back on, and the five studs... Hang on a second, says one of the... Fix it behind the wall. Five lug nuts. One of the things I noticed about the new MX-5, interestingly, the streetcar has four lug nuts instead of five. The reason being, it saves a few grams is quite interesting and it's Quick, quicker to change the door and pit quicker stop to change well. the pit, pit stop as well and uh, less um, sprung weight as well of course on a racing car now the well first good news is that Ted Giovannis has uh, pulled himself out of the BMW that was unceremoniously pitched into the tyres not of his making there really heads up driving from Ted though to get that car off the circuit. Quite a lot of bumping and boring for Phil Bloom, clashing with the number 38 of Dan Rogers a little earlier on as well. Meantime, the safety crew here at VIR have already got to the second pit lane up on that back straight area. The issue is going to be debris and making sure the tyres are okay. One of the Nismo or one of the Nissan Titan trucks is down there as part of the VIR fire and rescue team they've done sterling work this weekend and a perfect opportunity to once again see where things are slightly quieter thank you to our marshals to our flag marshals our corner workers and our volunteer officials always uh, pleased to say that they do fantastic work and if you really want to support motorsport make sure you support them in their work or volunteer yourself the, here in America, it's the uh, a number of uh, local areas that uh, run corner stations at the circuits. And if you want to know more about it, ask any one of the men and women in white or orange 
how to get involved and I will guarantee you that you will be met with a cheery smile and a shake of the hand and an invitation to go to a meeting and find out a little bit more. Come join us. Mm. Good set of people. Good set of people. The new Porsche Cayenne intervention vehicle for IMSA is on the scene as well. There's a GTS and a Turbo on the fleet now. They were brand new last time out at Road America and will continue for the rest of this season. Well, gives us a chance at least, Jeremy, to draw our breath just a little bit. Brad Yeager had really made off into the distance there early on. Well, he pulled out about a second and a half and the gap had remained pretty constant. He had set the fastest lap of the race, uh, had uh, Brad Jager in the lead at a, a 159.662, but only by about a tenth of a second. I mean, the next one, two, three, four cars, or five cars really, uh, had all done a 59.7 as well, so incredibly close in terms of lap times out at the front of the field. Back in ST, it's still Jeff Mosing who leads the way from Justin Piscatel, and Tom Long has now moved his way up into the third place in that class after starting in the uh, sixth position, so he's done well. That's the uh, championship contention car, uh, but somebody has had a problem uh, in the early stage, kind of a 44, Sarah Catania, such a fabulous run mm. a couple of weeks ago at uh, Road America, running in the top 10 all the way through her stint, ultimately finishing in uh, second place with Owen Trinkler. She's way back in 20th. She must have had it off in the very early stages, John. Now, let's just remind everybody, Jeremy, and when I say let's us just remind everybody, I mean, let's you just remind everybody, Jeremy, what is the situation on pit stops in terms of driving time uh, for the individual drivers because this is probably just a tad early isn't it for anyone to, to want to come in or do they pit now and then do a full stint afterwards that's that's going to be what the question's been asking on the pit wall yeah that's a tricky one because certainly it's too it's too early now to make a driver change the drivers have to do a minimum of 45 minutes in this two and one half hour race so 100 100 150 minutes in the race you have to do 45 of them as a minimum for each driver uh, so it's certainly too early for that but the problem is most of the cars certainly in the uh, GS category they will struggle to do much more than an hour on a tank of fuel so they are going to need to splash a fuel at some stage uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see most of the contenders into the pit lane very shortly to take on that splash hopefully from here particularly if there's any more caution periods they can get to the end with only with just one more pit stop during which they will make their driver change. Yeah, and it'll depend on whether it's a time stop and they send them to get track position and therefore close the window up at the end or whether they brim fill the car now and give yourself a bigger window earlier on. That'll take a little extra time. Plus, men, plus then make a much shorter stop at the stop. end. Yes, but then you've got to change your drivers. So you know, however long it takes to change your drivers, that's how much you fuel you want to put in at your final stop. The GTS intervention vehicle, the Cayenne, moves away. Uh, hello to you listening around the world, by the way, on XM Sirius and around the track on 89.9. And got to say hello to Liam Dwyer. Um, the sticker on the car says, leg up, Liam, which is, uh, anyone who knows Liam, that is... Uh, He's having a bit of a pop at you there. They're all having a bit of a pop. We miss you, Liam, the serious part of that. I know that you'll be tuned in on the IMSA app or somewhere uh, on the World Wide Web. 
And if you haven't got the IMSA app yet, by the way, iOS, Windows or Android won't cost you a penny. We'll ask you for some details, but you will uh, be able to follow Continental Tires and the rest of the IMSA series throughout the season. No money will change hands. Uh, it looks like the GTR, uh, excuse me, the Maxima has pulled off and we're about to go racing again. Uh, yes, indeed. So the pits never got opened. We went straight back to green and with 23 minutes... 23 minutes on the clock and we're back to green flag racing again. So the choice did not have to be made by any of the leading runners as Hugh Plum goes for down the inside to defend his third position. It's Nissan from Shelby Ford from Porsche at the moment. BMW looking strong with Ashley Freiburg. The smaller, lighter cars like the Porsche, like the Nissan, like the BMW want long green flag runs because they are much lighter on their tyres than the bigger, heavier muscle cars like the Mustang, like the Shelby, who have just had the chance to cool their tyres, and that's absolutely not what the smaller engine car should be. And off has got the Binima World 81 car, and that was Andre Hartanto right up the sharp end of the field, and I'm not sure, did he even get to the green flag? Yes, he did, but that's right at the early part of the lap. Qualified in the fourth position, was running fifth there until that off for Conor Brady, one from the Bim World cars. Al Carter right up in the battle as well, in seventh position ahead of Nick Herman, who made that mistake going for second position just, what, five or ten minutes ago, just before we had the full course caution. It's good news for Nick, actually, because that's closed everything back up again. He's got a fast car under him. He has the fastest lap of the race so far with a 159.3, but that was in pretty clear air on lap number three. 159.723, the fastest lap. Uh, no, I'll take that back. 59.662 for his teammate Brad Jager at the head of the field. It's Shelby versus Porsche for second at the moment. And the Porsche, almost invisible if you see a straight-on <laughs> shot behind that Shelby. Uh, had a quick word, by the way, uh, with the man at the head of Multimatic. And uh, just having a, a quick chat before Larry Holt, the green flag dropped down in the paddock uh, and seeing what a Hercu and Herculean effort it was to get that car pulled into the race that they pulled down from uh, from Toronto Scott Maxwell in the 51 car uh, still getting used to that that car had not turned a competitive wheel this weekend they're bedded in the brake pads Jeremy in the paddock Yes. Just driving it around in the paddock and bedding in the brake pads because the car had never raced since, I think, Laguna Seca. It wasn't Mazda Raceway. Mazda Raceway was the last time it raced. After that, they did, they did a serious test to, to check the homologation on the Shelby GT350 as a kind of a back-to-back -back at Watkins Glen. That was the last time the car ran. Since then, if they were planning on racing it, Larry Holt was telling me that they would have put a fresh engine in the car and they've, they've uh, prepped it some more. But uh, we've got a battle for the lead here at ST. And a battle for the lead that for a moment had the sole red nose of an Alara MX-5 ahead of the Porsche of Jeff Morsing and he's going to have to give this up and Morsing's toughed it out he might lose second place as well as here comes Tom Long into second position this is fantastic news for Freedom Autosport if they can hold on to this it's side by side up the hill through the uphill S's now the Porsche will have the advantage of the first right hander and just about makes it through into second place 
brilliant driving from both men when we ask when we talk about racing room Jeremy just show that piece of tape that was respect on both parts there brilliant stuff it absolutely was John Hindhoff because I was thinking as they go up the hill side by side through the S's that's <laughs> going to be a treat and then a couple of taps though from Tom Long on the back of the number 56 Porsche came and that wasn't quite so friendly he got him two taps as it turned into the corner that got Jeff Mosey loose and Mosey has now lost one place already to Tom Long and here also is uh, Dylan Murcott trying to make a move as well he's giving Bump draft. Uh, his, uh, he's giving the Mazda a bit of help along the straightaway that slightly more slight, straight line speed from the Porsche Cayman that's helping the Mazda along look at this Jeff Jeff Mosey looking again side by side on, those Jeff. two Caymans Jeff having a look down the inside so happy to be on pole position loves this circuit Cayman very well suited to it as well so let's uh, take a look at the ST field it will then be a big change as they come through this time around in ST because Jeff Mosing no longer in the lead has dropped down it's going to be Justin Piscatel in the 34 who will cross the line at the completion of their lap number 12 who will lead it from Tom Long in second from Dylan Merkett in third so that will make it fifth, uh, 34 26 18 and Cameron Lawrence has scored for a moment there in yeah. fourth position. Has he gone through as well? He has on the line. So through has gone Cameron Lawrence in the Honda, then Jeff Morsing. So down to fifth position from first on the restart and pole position earlier on. Then it's Jason Bridges in the 84. Where is Chad McCombie? Yeah. Answer, he's dropped down to 14th position. Had fought his way up into 10th earlier on. And this is even better news Liam Dwyer will be cursing his luck that he's not part of the team this weekend, but in his heart, he's still part of the team, and the team still think of him as part of the team in absentia. And this is great news for his car, because undoubtedly that is his car this year. Yeah, and the number five car, Chad McCombie, lost four positions on that lap. And coming into the weekend, there was a, a two-point gap in the official points between Stephen McAleer and Chad McCombie and Liam Dwyer and Andrew Carbonell. However, over the weekend, it's become apparent that there was a slight change to the results of the race uh, at, uh, at Lime Rock Park, where the fifth-place car, it was determined, uh, one of the drivers had driven too much or not enough, which he hadn't yeah, met yeah. the minimum drive time. So he, he f maintains his fifth position, but he goes to the back of the field in terms of points, and everybody moves up one point. And that meant that there was one more point added to Liam Dwyer and Andrew Carbonell. So just one point differential coming into this race. Okay. All a bit exciting, isn't it? At the head of the field, Brad Yeager has pulled away again by about a second, just over, in fact. Uh, courtesy of a couple of very very quick laps and again it's only the Nissans who are able to break two minutes here in the race at VIR Virginia International Raceway the Oaktree Grand Prix weekend part of the IMSA Super Grand Touring weekend if it's got a roof it's exotic it's fast it's noisy and it's leery it's here this weekend racing under the IMSA banner with the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge the headline act today and the GT categories of the Tudor United Sports Car Championship tomorrow. It looks like there's a change there. As Dylan Murcott has gone by Tom Long. So Long yeah. for a moment in second place. Now back down to third position. Ashley Freiberg pushing hard. Fifth position for her. In between two very much bigger, heavier and more powerful cars. But this is a really intriguing battle. Brad Yeager's cleared off. 
relatively speaking, from the number 158 in second. And then Hugh Plum, as off, has gone... That's an Aston Martin, I think, in that dust. It is indeed. It's the 0-9 car. It's Oops. not been a great weekend for that team, has it, Jeremy? What a shame. And that is an Aston Martin that is steaming. Uh, is it on fire? There's certainly smoke coming out of that car. And the driver, Charles Espenlab, is out. He gives thumbs up to the corner workers as we have had seven minutes and 25 seconds of green and unsurprisingly with a car that looks like it may be suffering a conflagration we have a full course caution again Brad Jaeger curses his luck for the second time yeah they've had no luck at all this weekend uh, oh, that, that is car, a, fire. A, a big off uh, through the grass and mm, kind of this portion of the track a bit farther up the hill on uh, yesterday morning and uh, they uh, the crew the automatic racing had a lot of work to do to get that car prepared for the race they weren't able to get it ready for qualifying yesterday and uh, they were waiting for some parts which uh, uh, took a bit of a while to come through but they got those parts they got it all back together again but unfortunately uh, the weekend goes from bad to worse and the sister card also had some electrical problems there's oh a, uh, that was a very very big yeah, driveline problem uh, totally. hot oil everywhere and that will have caught the attention of Charles Espenlob. First thing that you do when that happens, if you see smoke, you almost automatically, certainly I do, is, is check your oil pressure gauge and see, right, is the smoke, is it tyre smoke, is it oil smoke, is it engine smoke, what is it? If you've got oil pressure, you tend to push on. I suspect that the oil pressure gauge and the big bright orange light on the dashboard that indicates low oil pressure, uh, oil pressure gauge dropped to the floor and the big yellow light came on almost in instantaneously there let's uh, head down to our continental tire pit lane reporter jim roller as charles espenlab is installed in the back of the cayenne gt and uh, see if there's any preparations being made for pit stops because we're now at 33 minutes jim who's looking likely down there uh not not many folks there are a couple there's been some people that have just been standing by you might see the mazdas you might see the mazdas come in but uh it's been pretty quiet scarily quiet actually i wouldn't expect to see the st cars in at this stage in the race i think it's a little bit early for them uh, particularly with having two caution periods already yeah they might just be able to do it on one more stop mightn't they yeah. if they stretch it yeah i don't think they'll be coming in now perhaps but uh, t talking of the st class the guy has been on the move lately is one carlos larue yes. in car number four let's see lrt racing guy guys from uh, santo domingo in the Domin dominican republic uh, they had some problems they've been running well all season long but they had some problems last time out at road american electrical fault on that car they got that rectified uh, they qualified in the ninth position and already up now inside the top five has been a great run by juan carlos larue in car number four I think the issue is going to be on this clean-up is how much fluid and what was it? Where's it gone? Oops. Oh, and we've got a flash fire in the engine bay. The guys are there very quickly. Wheel archers behind the wheels. There's a bit of smoke coming out the back as well. I would expect that that will just have been oil that's gone back down underneath the car. It does get everywhere. Had an oil hose come off one of the racing cars that I was in recently, a Rover 216 GTI Challenge car, and... The guys were good enough to give me a run. We had an oil hose come off the cooler at the front. 
and managed to get it back to the pitch without losing uh, oil pressure. But absolutely everywhere. Yeah, so It'll never rust, that car now. <laughs> never, <laughs> ever rust. That Aston Martin has been uh, courted, I would think. Through comes the very pretty new Nissan Maxima as our safety car. <laughs> and let's get down to uh, the pit lane because we've got some interested parties. It looks like the GS cars have come into pits. Jim Roller. Yeah, it's the GS cars, John, and they've uh, kind of come in in mass. You've got the uh, 78 is in, the uh, 41, uh, Nick Haman is in, the 14 is in, uh, everybody is fueling. We've got uh, the number six is in. Four tires all the way around on all four cars that I can see from where. The Rumbum Porsche has uh, come in and is back out. So that's a great stop for that team. They're gonna they're gonna leapfrog everybody on this pit stop. Outstanding job by the Rumbum Porsche. Not such a good one by the 41 team. And Nick Hermann's car has dropped further back down after that one. They're still putting the right-hand side tyres on and all the hard work done earlier on, but it's a brand-new set of Continentals. Problem getting the right, the right rear off, John. They finally got that off, and uh, now, they've, now they're having problems putting the right rear back on. So big problems with the right rear tyre. At this stage, it doesn't really matter because they, they've lost all the positions they're going to lose in the pit lane. So now just make sure everything's fastened, uh, up. Yeah, fastened up properly. So the only two guys at the front in the GS class who did not pit are Matt Bell and Al Carter. Matt Bell in car number 9, Al Carter in car number 99. 99 is a teammate to the Aston Martin Vantage who just expired out on a racetrack. And Matt Bell is a teammate to the uh, championship uh, contenders, championship leaders which is Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell in the number six car, the Chevy Camaro. So uh, the, the, they did pit, Oops. and the teammate Matt Bell, uh, who will hand over later to Austin Aschenbach, did not. A problem also for the 158 car, huh? Yeah, the uh, tyre getting away from the left front tyre changer, but he got hold of it, I think, before it went too far. They've let the car down too early, and the right rear is not on, so it's had to go back up again. That hasn't seated. This is... A very long stop indeed for the 158, who leaves now. And I wonder if they'll get assessed a penalty. We've got the. If you're wondering why nobody took uh, a new driver there, we have not had that 45 minutes. But all of those GS guys, what they've done now, the thinking behind coming in, all the guys who've come in is. They'll have brim-filled the fuel, so two things can happen now. You either leave your guy in and you get an hour's worth of green flag racing and you come back in and do a stop, which probably going to take you to the end. Yeah, probably will do. It's going to be very close, but the, the GS cars can probably do just about an hour. The second part of that is if there's another yellow flag, full course caution, and it's after the 45 minutes, you can come in and do your driver change for nothing then what do you do? Do you top off and hope? Of course, you have to. You have to do that. It depends where you are on a track, of course. Yeah, and that's only seven minutes away, less than seven minutes away now. We've got 38 minutes, 38 and a half minutes into this race. And uh, what will happen at the restart is we will, the, the field will be reset. So all the G, GS cars will move ahead uh, of all the ST cars, even though there's only two of them ahead of the ST cars right now. The field will be reset before the restart. Uh, and so all the GS guys will come up back up toward the front of the field and be ready to go racing again with a split field. So if, uh, if this caution period goes on for another, uh, what, six, six minutes or so now, 
then uh, we might see people coming in. They can still make their pit stops and rejoin at the back of the field. And one ST car that is in leader. is the championship leading 75 car, and this must be an issue. And oh, there are five cars in as well. Jim Roller. John, I'm trying to get to a uh, break in the wall here where I can see it looks like uh, fuel and they are ready with tires. Oh, five car. Now, this is uh, most Problem of the other the Problem with the gun on the, on the right front. Yep. It's not working and they've had to give him the gun from the back and this is the championship leading car in now. They'll have to jack that car back up again because he did not get it on the... Didn't get it on the hook properly. Right, and now, time. He, now he has, and off he goes. And it's an interesting strategy move by them because the Freedom guys and Alara are probably going to stay out until the fuel window opens for sure. Okay, that's so interesting. that's the word from those guys. So it was kind of a surprise to see the five car come in. Not sure whether they did all four tyres there either. They may have only done right-hand side. Uh, Jim will check that for us down in the... Lane, so some takers well, from ST, but yes, not lots. This is very interesting because we've, uh, we're now 40 minutes and 15 seconds into the race. We can see the, uh, the uh, sweeper is out there now cleaning up the uh, remnants of the insides of the, uh, of the transmission department in some, in some way, shape or form of that number 09 Aston Martin. So this is going to take several more minutes to clean this up, and I fancied that the 45 minutes might be up yes. before we get back to green flag racing so if if if, if a bunch of the sgt st cars come into the pits then the number five car they'll probably also come in and maybe make their driver change but it'll be a very quick stop and get back underway i don't know it's this interesting strategy be playing out here i think you've got cj wilson racing yeah i i think they've covered both bases there jeremy because they've done that now and fueled up in case you go back to green you can get a nice long run and you know let's be honest both of their drivers are pretty pretty swift drivers if this goes over 45 minutes all right you've lost some track time uh, and I'm, I'm hearing by the way it was right sides only for cj wilson motorsport they were trying to pull a little fast one uh, cj wilson racing there uh you know cj's listening and, and let me also say by the way before we get back to green the big uh gainer in that sequence of pit stops for the GS contenders was Mantella Autosport there. A great stop mm. for uh, car number 80. They just topped off a bit of fuel for Martin Barkey and sent him out again. So he's going to be up in third place for the restart. So uh, again, the heads up strategy by, by uh, Mantella Autosport. They're only running one car again here this weekend. But uh, really good work there in the pits. They got him out ahead of several other cars. Before that round of pit stops, Martin was down in 10th place. He's going to come out in third. Uh, those gambling on the yellow flag going all the way to 45 minutes have lost their bet because we're back to green flag racing with 42 minutes on the clock. That's an hour and 48 still to go. The GS cars are across the line and head down into the first corner. Al Carter in second place for the Aston Martin. He steered out. This nine car steered out in the lead. Then it's Brad Yeager. First to the pit stoppers from Martin Barkey in that Mantella Autosports. Number 80, Camaro. Then Hugh Plum. Ashley Freiburg steered in the 46 car. She's in sixth now. The ST cars go through. Merkert, Piscatel, Tom Long, Cameron Lawrence, Juan Carlos LaRue, Jeff Morsing. Where's the number five? Drop down to oh, he'll be the back. way back down in 23rd position. That's a big gamble. Battle at the head of ST now. Tom Long in third position, having a look at the 
back of the 18 car. He can't get through. We saw him assist one of the Porsche Caymans up at Oak Tree Terminal a while ago, mm. Tom Long. Is he going to do the same now to Dylan Murcott? Because it's Murcott there in second place for RS1 uh, Racing. And, uh, Just to Piscatel in the lead, by the way. Yeah. It's Dylan Murcott. Piscatel for Alara and Porsche. Excuse me, Alara, $5 in the swear box. My apologies to the guys at Mazda. Alara Mazda going up the hill. My defence will be that Mazda have cemented themselves in sports car psyche as much as Porsche have. Did I get out of that one? I'm not sure, really. Uh, and uh, and uh, incidentally, the number 44 car <laughs> we talked about, Sarah Catanius, having an off early on, she's now moved away up from 20th place to 14th in car number 44, that uh, purple people leader Honda. And we saw the Hondas very, very strong indeed on the fast, sweeping road course of Road America. They're doing it again, Jeremy, and three abreast into oh. the compression, and two Porsche, two. I'm obsessed with Porsches at the moment because Porsche's <laughs> battling for the lead with Mazda. Two Hondas go by Tom Long yeah. and take the third and fourth position. So Tom Long, from being challenging for second a moment ago, has been pushed down to fifth. And they, this is marvellous stuff at the head of the ST field. Merkett, Piscatel, Long, Lawrence, John Carlos, LaRue, all in there. Jeff Mosing just a little bit further back and away from this leading five no he's he's not he's dragged back up to them right there oh heavens we've got about the top dozen all together down into the first corner and here comes the honda up the inside just about got through there i think looks like cameron lawrence for me has got the lead for a moment but just can piscatel in the mazda has the left hand corner to his advantage as into the pit lane has just dived andre hartanto yep. again what a dismal afternoon well no for him. this could be i mean the 45 minutes is up now so they can make that driver change Just, and go to yeah. the end so they're not going to lose a lap here i think that's a really good strategy okay. by bimmer world racing they know exactly what they're doing those guys and now if there's another full course caution when everybody comes in they've already made their pit stop they'll be full of fuel they'll be on the lead lap they'll be going to the front right you've sold it to me well done mr short so st go through the uphill s's and it is still the Mazda from the Honda, from the Porsche, from the Honda in fourth position, from the Mazda in fifth, top five. Then a little bit of a gap to Jeff Mosing in that very distinctive orange and black car. In fact, he's just lost a position. Oh, that's Luis Rodriguez Jr., I think he's come through there in the BMW, is it? So a top five. No, Rodriguez uh, is in a, is in a, uh, so a that, uh, Porsche so Cayman. So that must be... That's there's one Carlos Leroux, oh, Leroux there in the red Honda, yeah. challenging their Dylan Murcott. Yeah, who's got by uh, Jeff Morsey? Oh, it's Jason Breedis, isn't it? It's Jason Breedis who's gone through, I think, a little bit further back down the field. My apologies, looking at the wrong part of the timing screen. Uh, at the really sharp end, it's three, it's over a second again at the head of the field. Al Carter in arrears, but then Brad Yeager is right up his tailpipe. Brad Yeager in the Nissan looking for second place at the moment, but the action is in ST. And the action is heading towards the completion of their lap number 19. All lap traffic now as well. No, alcarter has gone down a position. Alcarter is down a position, so just as we were mentioning, Brad Yeager, they made the position. He's up into second place. And there's a steaming car in the pit lane. And... Sure. 
who that is. That is an overheating car. Not a very happy car, but one, another car that is on pit lane is uh, Martin Barkey in car number... And that's the car that's steaming, I think. No, it's not, because uh, I'm looking at that. It's right in front oh, of us okay. here, John. And away goes All Kyle right. Marcelli. So they are following the lead of Bimmer World. They've uh, completed their 45 minutes for Martin Barkey. Now Kyle Marcelli is underway with a full tank of fuel on board that car. Great strategy by that team. Well, there was a little fire in that car. It's one of the BMWs, definitely, that was uh, steaming. So meantime, oh, was that the, the 81 car? It must have not? been. It must have been the 81 car. Yeah. 81, 81. I'm being told from the pit lane. Thank you, uh, oh, James. No, that's uh, that's a shame. I thought they were in the pit lane to make the uh, the driver change. Oh well. I, <laughs> I think they might have been a couple of seconds too early. It was a. F no, it, it was well, maybe it was very. It was close. So let's head back to the front of the GS field. Remember, Grand Sport and ST Street Tuner, GS and ST, the two categories here but very much based on street cars not an awful lot you can do in terms of of making the cars go faster what you do have to do is make the cars be absolutely safe as the 74 compass 360 s3 rejoins from the pit lane it's a bit second hand but it is nico rondier at the wheel of that car he knows audi's very well indeed and has managed to stay out of the way of the battling five at the head of the GS field, which is led at the moment by the nine from the 14 Nissan of Brad Yeager in second place. Then Al Carter for Aston Martin, the 99 car. He hasn't stopped and neither is the leader, remember. Hugh Plum then in the 13 Rumbum Racing Porsche. Then Ashley Freiburg there. And that's your top five. And it's those five against the world at the moment as Hugh Plum is looking for a way by Al Carter. Plum will be a little bit heavier in terms of fuel than Carter. And slightly better tyres. But Carter with all the tyres but less weight. So that's an intriguing battle. Ashley Freiburg, the watching brief at the moment. Ashley Freiburg is frying, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she really is. Absolutely. She was in here earlier on and uh, had a chance to have a quick chat with her. The result at... The last round, very much buoying the team after uh, mm. an incident at Lime Rock Park where she was knocked out of contention on literally the first lap, corner three. And that was a real downer for the team. They'd been making progress with the car. This car, that, of course, that uh, won the championship last year, as did Trent Hinman. And they had been struggling for pace at the early part of the season as through goes Hugh Plum yeah. into what is now third position, and Ashley Freiburg needs to dispose of that Aston Martin of Al Carter Dutsuit. Al's doing a great job he there. Is. Uh, it's just his Very second start in the year, uh, and uh, the uh, Rumbug Porsche showing its prodigious straight-line speed and manages to find her way past. There goes Ashley. She finds her way past Al Carter going down the hill. Heads that was driving by Al. Yeah, it was. Good driving from both. Al doing nothing wrong, defending his position. I have no issue with that at all. Ashley making sure she got position nice and early made sure that they knew where he was and that Ashley, as I say, getting position early, claiming the piece of road and going through into, and that's now going to be fourth position for the 46 IHG Racing. IHG uh, Rewards Club Racing Cup. Now, ST, what's happening in ST? Uh, everything. Oh. <laughs> 
Justin Pizzicatello still leads, but uh, Cameron Lawrence now up into second place. Dylan Merkel right behind him. Juan Carlos LaRue right there with him. And then Tom Long rounds out the top five. 25, Freedom Autosport car in 22nd position. That's 12th in class for... for... Britt Casey, 11th in class, my apologies. Got Carlos Contreras in front of him, having a battle. One or two more pit stops as well. Now, that was Jason Breedis, I think, coming into the pit lane in front of us in the BMW. He was. came in from... 20 no, out of sixth place out he was running. Sixth yeah. place, yes. Yeah. So he had indeed got past Jeff Morsing. That's what I thought I saw in the background of one of the previous uh, pictures yep. that we saw. And that is tactical again. 51 minutes in, 1.39 to go. Brad Yeager now just half a second away from the lead with a pit stop in his pocket. This is great news for Nissan. He wants a nice long green flag run now in that Nissan. Great racing again as Al Carter comes under pressure. Oh, and a little tap there from Jay Buford onto Al Carter, which means that uh, the six car and the 41 of Nick Haman have got by Al. I think Al's struggling towards the end of his run in that Aston Martin. New race leader. Matt Bell has made the pass as he goes through. Excuse me, uh, Brad Yeager has made the pass on Matt Bell as he goes through. I said it was close last time around. Well, the Nissan has dispatched the larger engine car, the number nine now in second, 14.913. And Hugh Plum's coming with a mission as well. He's only just over a second and a half behind that leading pair. In fact, Jaeger's already pulled out half a second, so it took a full second and more out of that big eight litre last time around. In ST, oops, Honda off the circuit. That's LaRue. Coming down through the hog pad, that last little right-hand kink. That can catch you out and has done. And Juan Carlos LaRue was in fourth position. He's going to lose at least a couple of positions, maybe more. Piscatel's gone through in the lead. Mercott in second, Lawrence in third, Tom Long in fourth. Rodriguez Jr. now fifth, sixth for Jeff Mosing and seventh for Juan Carlos LaRue. Three places lost with just a tiny mistake. And Tom Long taking Cameron Lawrence for third place. Lawrence takes him back. This side by side through the first part of the circuit. The circuit twists left and right and therefore gives advantage to who's on that side of the road for a moment. Fascinating stuff. Cars driving side by side. Just brilliant. Down in the pit lane. Bad news, I'm afraid. Continental tyre pit lane update from... 78 car, John. Jim is just smoking, in. just smoking heavily. 78 car, Nick Galante, the Mustang, Boss 302. And... Oh, yes, yeah, he's not... Park it. Nick. Come on, Nick, get off the racing line. That is not smart. He's driven... He, he's off the racing line there. He's way over to the left-hand side of the racetrack, but he's now going to come up to the... Uh, the, uh, he needs yeah, to get off the track yeah, now. Does. Needs to get off the track now. The car is... This is not sensible stuff, I'm afraid. And he's putting a line of fluids. He's right through the racing line on the roller coaster. One yeah. of the fastest and most difficult places in the circuit. I'm afraid that is poor driving. Yeah. Poor driving. And particularly surprised with somebody like Nick, Nick a, He does. He spent a lot of time in racing schools as an oh. instructor. So, uh, and um, here's the ST battle coming onto that part of the circuit now mm. with uh, indeed the 
Number this five. Farther back down the order, that lot. This is the, the championship battle, though, because the uh, CJ Wilson racing car's right in there. Yeah. Fighting back through. Chad McCombie, by the way, back at the 16th position. And you can see the dark line right into the roller coaster. They're going to have to be very careful here as they come through the slippery surface flags or the debris flags are out there and they have managed to get through so that's good news for them and Chad McCumbie has survived got to say the Mini the 37 looked particularly squirrely through there for Zach Mayer and again we've got three wide coming down the hill magnificent stuff and they've all got through it Phil Bloom in there in the 11 car at the front of the field it's all still battling away Dylan Murcott, though, who's running right up at the front in ST, came past us here really, really slowly in car number 18. That's the uh, one of the Rensport One cars. Been running right at the front. He was in second place uh, and just came past. So he must have had a problem. Must have been coming into or out of the final corner. Wasn't able to get into the pit lane and carried a pass. Unless he was off the road there at that final corner, which he could have been. We could, didn't see it, but certainly he came past us here very, very slowly, having already lost about 10 positions. Leaders on the fluid, put down by that Mustang just a few moments ago, and it looks like it has not helped the number nine car in second place as the Porsche goes to the right, now goes to driver's left, pulls out of the not inconsiderable hole in the air made by the bigger car, goes round the outside, gets the nose ahead, it'll be under braking for turn one, if you plump can do it. Side by side into turn one. Still side by side. Coming through into turn two. The Porsche will have the advantage on the left-hander at three. If, if he can still be there. Oh, he's gone through. Good stuff from both drivers. Good stuff from both drivers there. And Hugh Plum up into second. And Ashley Freiburg looking for third. And we've got Porsches off. Cayman off on the run up to the Oak Tree corner. And that's the uh, number 11 again involved. Phil Bloom. And I wonder if that is that the 18 as well that's in there. No, it's the 38. Now they went battling for position, but they were on the same part of this, these racetrack. That's Dan Rogers who's gone off as well. And how slippery is this racetrack? Well, our race leaders last time were doing 204s. Instantly lost four seconds yeah. over their earlier times. The ST guys lost five seconds per lap on that last lap round. The track is super slippery. Tom Long in third position, getting bump drafted by the HART, the Honda America Racing Team 93 car, as they go across the line. Cameron Lawrence, Jeff Morting, by the way, back up into fourth position. In ST, it's Piscatel from Long by two seconds. Then Cameron Lawrence right up his tailpipe. There was nothing between them as they went through, not even a half a tenth. At the head of the field, Brad Yeager restored to the point position by half a second and more over now Hugh Plum in second place treacherous treacherous tippy toe yeah. stuff through the roller coaster hmm I wonder if someone will be having words with the team because Nick Galante did no one any favours there no no, Coming up right. on the hour, Jeremy. And, and instantly, by the way, oh, pits, pits for the number nine car. Okay. Now, this is one of the two cars that didn't stop. Remember, the 99 and the 9 didn't stop. The 99's already been in. Just, just moments ago. Yeah. And also through the pits there, the 92 Honda of Steve Ike with damage to the right rear. Yeah, so it's Nissan versus Porsche, and third place now, Ashley Freiburg. It will be a driver change for the nine car. And a slight brake fire on the left front as well as the 
Tyre has gone on, but there's debris in there, and it's still just smoking away. All four tyres on the nine. Mini goes through very slowly. That was the 52 car in front of us. That was uh, Roman Abdullah Harpy. And plenty of oil in the pit lane, I'm being told by Jim Roller from the 78 car. Yeah, you can see a trail of it working mm. back into the paddock area. And um, yeah, yeah, the number 18 car, by the way, Dylan Merker, he's back up to speed now. Yeah. So I think he must have been off on that oil I coming agree. down the hill, coming out of the final corner. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Mr. Galanti is going to be, get, get a bit of a talking to there from the Chief Steward after this race. That was completely unnecessary. Had a chance to pull off into the secondary pit lane moments after hitting you can see it all the way down the back straight the dark line the drivers will be aware of it now but of course you get it on your tires it's awful when it happens as well it's like driving on ice it really is so let's give you the hour mark then with 90 minutes still to go brad Yeager leads for nissan in the 370 number 14 by it was just over a tenth of the second last time around from hugh plum good news for them in their championship challenge the Rumbum Racing Porsche 13 in second place. Ashley Freiberg doing more good work in the 46 BMW, the IHG Rewards Club sponsored car. And Jade Buford in the 158 Shelby is in sixth position, six seconds only away from the lead. Seventh is the 51 of Scott Maxwell. Quiet run for the Boss 302 Multimatic car. Remember, this was the car that was trucked down. Fantastic piece of logistics. Driver set out. Uh, another driver in a car with a truck driver sleeping in the back was sent to meet them so that the hours didn't run out on the logbook and then they traded places and oh just brilliant the way it worked really clever stuff by the guys at Multimatic Larry Holt refusing to say die in terms of giving this race weekend up despite the fact that the 15 car was damaged not beyond repair but beyond repair here a shock absorber tower moved to the point where they thought it wasn't sensible to race the car which in itself is a, a really sensible decision tough decision to make but a sensible one second third and fourth together now Hugh Plum Ashley Freiberg together with the sixth car of Andre Davis behind him and they've got traffic well I tell you what Nick Haman's there as well and Haman looking down the inside of the six car, he's got position now. Is there a bit of smoke coming from one of those cars? It's not the Porsche, is it? Tell me that was the 36 car that they've just gone by of Matthew Dickin. I think it was just caught a little bit of something coming out the back of one of those cars as they were heading into the roller coaster. And Nick Hamann, by the way, makes the pass. So the top four are now. Nissan number 14, the 13 Porsche, the 46 BMW, and the 41, the 41 Nissan Nismo 370. Yeah, and time, lap time's coming down again now. 2.02 yeah. last time for uh, Brad Jager, our race leader. A couple of guys down in the ones. Uh, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but it is the Rumbum Racing Porsche that's kicking out a bit of smoke. I was not. Imagining that, smoke from the middle of the rear of the Rumbum Racing Porsche. And this is massive for the championship. If they've got issues here, they've already been robbed of a decent position with contact. Contact that was penalised when they were pushed off the track at uh, Lime Rock Park. Let's have a look at this 
beautifully prepared car. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good, is it? Now, what I can't tell is whether that's coming from one of the exhausts. I, don't know, I think it, it is. Seems to be coming out from the middle. Right from the, the middle? Gearbox yeah. oil, maybe? I, when you've got a Porsche, now, granted, that is a water and air-cooled car rather than... The Mini's just driven off the track to stay out the way of the leaders. Not the prescribed way of doing it. When you've got a Porsche, uh, particularly an older car, oil pressure, oil temperature, oil level gauges is something that you watch all the time. It's the left-hand bank of cylinders, left-hand bank of cylinders that are kicking out something there. And actually, Freiburg will be able to see it and smell the problem for the Porsche and is right in the wheel tracks now of second place as they head towards the insanely fast entry to the roller coaster. Hugh Plum defends his line as he's quite entitled to do. Takes the middle of the road. Nick Hermann's thinking, ooh, I might have a couple of places here as well. Let's get the Nissans back to first and second. That's what's in his mind. Not too far back, Jed Buford as well is gaining on this. Yeah, he's, he's going pretty quickly, isn't mm. he? And um, it's this, all this oil laid down has really split up the ST field. Uh, Justin Piscatel has edged away now. He's got about a three-second lead over Tom Long in second place. Tom Long has found a way past Cameron Lawrence in number 93 Honda. Uh, and then a second or so back from him is Juan Carlos LaRue and Jeff Mosing have a big old battle there for fourth and fifth places. That's number four and number 56 cars. So it's number 34, Justin Piscatel, that leads in ST still. There's a bunch of uh, other ST cars coming on to pit lane. Well, strategy playing out now. Karl Marcelli's had his second stop in the number 80, the Mantella Autosports Camaro. Oh, and a big amount of dust being thrown up in front of us as in has come the bright red. So, uh, head down to uh, Jim Roller. We're getting uh, green flag pit stops here. Our Continental Tire pit lane report. Concern from me at least, Jim, uh, about the 13 car. What are the teams saying? They're concerned as well, John. They're just not sure what it is at this point. At least that's what they're telling me. There is a lot of shrugging going on. Thanks, Jim. 38 car on its way out. The next level racing machine just clipping its tyres that were stacked up on the way out. They might uh, be asked to come back in for that. Hitting pit equipment. Normally a bit of a no-no. Hugh Plum has a train of cars behind him that has a directly behind him, first of all, a BMW, then a Nissan, then the big Camaro, and then the big Mustang, or at least the Shelby version thereof, as Jeff Mosing is in a great battle with Juan Carlos LaRue and Louis Rodriguez Jr. Three Caymans together, expecting to see the GT4 version of the Cayman next year in this championship. First time that, uh, for many years, that Porsche have produced from Vysak, from Porsche Motorsport, a mid-engine racing car. The GT4 car would go into the GS category of Continental tyres. And more drama for the 11 car. Phil Bloom has had a 
Interesting day already, and they've got a brake fire on that car, Jim Roller. Yeah, as he brought the car in, the right front brake uh, it was engulfed in flame. And the, the scary part of that is, is that's right below where the fuel goes in. And the uh, crewman was a little hesitant to shoot it with the gun, uh, with, with the fire extinguisher, until one of his mates uh, told him, you know, put that out, put that out. So uh, that was the only drama. Everything else, four-tire stop, they're on their way. Jeff Morsing defending fifth position from Dylan Merkett. The, oh, three cars are off, and it's, well, it looks like the uh, Shelby's in there. It looks like uh, Haman's in there as well. That was fourth and fifth position. Jim Buford and, uh, was that Nick Haman in there as well? I think it was. It was, yes. So they had been battling. Ashley Freiburg must have uh, got back ahead of Nick Haman because he'd been scored his third last time around. That was heading up towards the uphill S's. And the Nissan number 41 is done for the day. Full course caution. And uh, here's, uh, here's key. Uh, several cars in uh, ST made their way into pit lane. Certainly Justin Piscatel was in before the uh, caution came out. Uh, whether the other three were, Jeff Mosing, Luis Rodriguez Jr. and Dylan Merker also onto pit lane. I can't see where they were in relation to everybody else. One presumes they made it in before the caution came out. Wow. Well, that was Nick Haman losing it, uh, clipped the curb, lost it on his own and went around. And at the same point, oh, uh, Jade Buford pinched the Mustang no. to try and avoid what the car was ahead. The, the Porsche came and stood Checked on the brakes there, yeah. yeah. And uh, poor old Jade Buford there had to uh, stand on the anchors as well. Yeah, no, actually exactly hit the Porsche as well. Uh -huh. yeah, because of the Porsche is down more than Jim Roller. Four tire stops all the way around for the 17, the 56, the 34. Driver changes on the 56 and the 34. I'll get back to you in a minute when I can talk to some people. That's brilliant. Thanks, Jim. Oh, and the Nissan. Well, I said it was done for the day. Nikaman is trying to bring it back, but the bonnet has come up. The hood has come up on that car. He's looking. He'll be crouching down as much as he can to see underneath. And as that comes back to the pit, let's have a word with Jeff Morsing, the man who was a pole sitter in the ST class. Jeff, uh, that was quite a stint. Started on the pole in the class, and then you had your hands full for the entire stint. How much fun was that? Uh, you know, it's always fun in this series. Continental does a great job of putting on a very competitive series. I think it's one of the best in the nation. You know, there's a lot of competition out there. Hands off to Justin Piscatel for racing clean with me uh, in the beginning. And uh, I just wanted to keep the car safe for Foss. I didn't want to make any uh, problems mechanically with it. So I was just pedaling as hard as I could and get the car back in one piece. What are the track conditions like? A lot of people have dumped some oil out there. Is the thing pretty slippery? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, the 7 8 car wasn't really paying mind to staying offline. So the next lap around, I just tried to stay offline, like almost a rain line. But everybody was still just going off until we put a few laps onto the track, and then the oil eventually dissipated out. All right, let's, uh, while well, we got uh, coming over, Justin Piscatel, these two guys. That was the two guys congratulating themselves. Uh, that's respect, man. Uh, he, he actually said uh, he really enjoyed racing you because you raced him clean. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jeff and I go way back, and uh, that was an awesome race at the start there. Uh, he and I were able to get a little bit of a gap, and then we were all of a sudden they started coming back up. I'm like, oh, I gotta go, and he had a tiny little bobble, and I'm like, I gotta do it. But um, 
So I got alongside of him, and I felt real bad, because as soon as I got ahead of him, all of a sudden he had a gaggle of cars behind him, and I'm like, all right, well, everybody's fighting behind me, so I got to go. Um, but the, the car has been phenomenal. Uh, it's pretty hot out there. I can't believe how well these Continental tires hold up in the heat. Um, Alara Racing, I mean, just every time I get in this car, it's just an unbelievable car to drive. Um, I had a ride pretty, pretty defensive there during the start of the race, because uh, just couldn't quite get to the other end of the straight quite as well as some of the other guys could, so... Uh, hopefully I didn't make anybody too angry, but I was having a, a lot of fun racing with everybody being real clean. Yeah, you guys were racing in, in, in packs, literally, in, in three wide sometimes. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, uh, it got pretty scary when you're approaching the uphill S's and you're like, hey, we're three wide. Is anybody going to give in here? And all of a sudden there's grass flying everywhere and everybody is going for it. I mean, that was, uh, that was like an end of the race right from the start. So a uh, lot of laughs going on out there. It was really, really exciting racing. I asked Jeff, I'll ask you, there was a lot of oil dumped out on the racetrack. What's the, what's the thing feel like now? Oh, man, uh, so, so it's good now, it seems to be. But uh, the first lap that the, the oil came out, I started checking up because I saw the slippery flags everywhere. And uh, I'm checking my mirrors, and I'm watching Dylan Murcott catch up to me. He's catching me, he's catching me. And I'm like, I'm sliding. How's he catching me? And then we almost had contact at the end of the back straightaway because we're both literally like hand over hand sideways. And then we get to the bottom of the hill, and I checked up just a little more than he did, and I felt bad because we were having a great race, and he, he unfortunately went straight off. But it was all the oil. I mean, it was just nothing he could do, you know? Well, John, it's been a great uh, battle in ST the first half of this race. I'm sure it'll stay that way for the rest of the race. And I tell you, for me down here, this is a lot of fun. These guys, these guys are having as much fun as we normally have. I love the fact that we actually heard the back slapping there as those two guys at the end of uh, a very, very impressive stint uh, changed over. Jim Roller with our Continental Tire pit lane report. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the booth live for IMSA Radio. We are an hour and 13 minutes uh, into the race, so an hour and 17 to go. Getting on for half distance, pretty much. Um, we're under our third full course caution of the afternoon. It's Brad Yeager who leads in the 14 Nissan from Hugh Plum in the 13 Porsche, the Rumbum Racing Car, then Ashley Freiburg now in third position for the 46. These guys will surely come in at the first opportunity to. Drive it like it is. We can't fix the steering. Let's uh, head down to Dylan Murcott, who's with uh, Jim Roller in the pit lane. He was the third guy, John, in that uh, triumvirate that was just having a ball out there. You look exhausted. It's your second race today. You've still got another Lamborghini race to go. You're going to have to go hydrate. Yeah, I'm beat. The Lamborghini race this morning was real hot, but this, this battle was so much fun. It was the most fun I, I've had in, in years racing. Just good, clean racing, and there was a bunch of oil on the track, and like four cars went off, but uh, we regrouped, and we're in good shape right now. When you have a, a, a battle where, you, where you're that close, does it, how much trust is there that you have to have between the other guys? Oh, there's a lot of trust between everybody. The Miatas are really good in the turns, but not that strong in the straight. And the Hondas are really strong in the straights, and we're good on the braking. So it's just everybody has to work together, and it was just a blast. All right, well, go get some rest. We'll see you later this afternoon. Thanks, man. Well, you know, if somebody wants to lend me a helmet and a race suit, I'm sure I could jump in for them in the, uh, in the Lambo race half distance jeremy and uh, you know half down half to go my goodness we have had a fantastic first part of this continental tire sports car challenge at vir brilliant stuff it really has been uh, tremendous racing i'm just looking now to see who has made their pit stops in st and who has not and the guys are going to lose out from this 
I believe, are particularly Tom Long because they had an opportunity to come onto pit lane here. Justin Piscatel was the class leader when uh, his team realized that that big, big uh, melee up in the S's. Uh, they brought him straight into the pit lane. The next three cars behind did not come into the pit lane. And that was Tom Long. Behind him was, in number, was uh, Cameron Lawrence in the number 93 car. And the, the, the LaRue, LaRue brothers, uh, Juan Carlos uh, LaRue, who's running now third in a class. So those guys are, are leading the class right now, but they have to make their pit stops. And they're going to go behind everybody else who has already made a pit stop in ST. And don't forget, we know that that LaRue car has got an issue with the steering. We heard that on the radio. Mm -hmm. uh, it can't be fixed. They're just going to have to uh, live with that at the moment. As far as the championship uh, well, is concerned... Which is good news for Chad McCombie because they, remember, did make a pit stop during that precaution pre period. So uh, it'll, it'll depend on yellows on, and other factors of whether they can get to the end with just one more pit stop. But, um, yeah, this is going to be uh, a fascinating motor race into unfolding here, as we expected. Liam Dwyer will be watching and be delighted to see his car leading. Liam, come back soon. We all miss you here, sir. Tom Long will bring that car in and swap to the 25 car. Brick Casey in fifth position. Good first part of the race for Freedom Autosports. And in comes the GS car. So let's hand it over to our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter. And that's Jim Roller. Jim? Our race leader comes to pit row, the number 14 car. Fred Yeager, it'll be a driver change. Zacharias will get in the car. Yeager will get out. Team will change all four Continental tires. Ashley Freiberg has also come in. The 80 Camaro is in. The 9 has pitted again. The 6 car is in. The 9 is back out already. The uh, left side tires are done on the Nissan. Now they're working on the right side tires. The driver change is almost complete. Zacharias is in. The driver door is closed. Jaeger comes around, climbs over the wall. The right side tires are done. The car is down and away, but he's lost the lead. Thank you, Jim. That was very interesting. They took time to make sure that that Nissan was brim full of fuel. And they got the driver change done just before the tires were finished. So we'll have to see how that shakes out, Jeremy. But also the BMW, not a great stop either uh, from the full line team. So at the moment, Tom Long actually leads the motor race yes. uh, in the Freedom, Auto, Freedom Motorsport uh, MX-5, the ST car. But they will pit at the end of this lap. I, I would expect all of the top half dozen or so of the uh, ST cars to pit as the cars that were waved around yeah. go steaming past us yeah the top six cars will certainly come onto pit lane in st uh, Ch that will leave chad mccombie in the lead of the race yes. uh, in the st yes. class uh, and that of course is our uh, championship leader coming into this weekend but he hasn't yet handed over to stephen mccalear so they may well come onto pit lane now make that driver change and get him out uh, as quick as they can because certainly Tom Long is going to have to come in as well in the race leading car. So, yeah, I would expect CJ Wilson racing. They have made one stop, so they won't need a full tank of fuel. Yeah. But uh, if they can get their driver change done super fast, that can this can work out possibly in their favor. More from Jim Roller down in the pit lane. John, uh, our race leader out of the car, Red Yeager, good job. 
Thank that you. was a heck of a first stint. Oh, it was perfect. I mean, uh, the only time we lost the lead was when he came in to take uh, a little bit more fuel and left side tires. So team made a great call on that, uh, gave me what I needed to go out there, uh, work my way up from third, retake the lead, and just, uh, you know, run consistent laps. There was a lot of close racing. Looked like a little push and shove, but, but nothing on the line. Yeah, there's definitely a little bumping going on. The car's definitely in one piece. It's not damaged. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, hats off to, to the Rum Bum guys. They raced me clean. Uh, I think it was Hugh Plum had a couple good runs down into turn one. But, uh, you know, we, we raced side by side, stayed clean, and now both cars are in a piece, and we're going for the win. What's the, uh, what's the part of the racetrack you guys in the Nissan can exploit the most? Where, where do you have your advantage, you think? Uh, definitely through turn three, four. Uh, every time going into the S's, we gap them, and, uh, and then braking at the end of the straight seems to be really good. So, uh, and as well down the roller coaster uh, onto the straightaway. So, uh, yeah, everything feels pretty good. You know, I think BJ has a good car, and he'll be able to go out there and make a good run for the win. Now, third in the points, it's important, isn't it? Absolutely, incredibly important right now. Um, yeah, we're tied for third, so it's not even we're in third uh, on our own. It's uh, We're sharing that spot with uh, the Mustang GT350 Shelby. So it's uh, every point we can get will make a difference in this championship. Two races left. All right. Well, good luck the rest of the way. And, John, this one uh, for the Nissan guys is probably going to come down to fuel strategy. Long caution. They think they can go all the way. Uh, that's very, very interesting. Uh, hearing that it's a power steering issue for Rum Bum. Uh, that is causing that fluid out the back of the car. So it wasn't coming out of the left-hand bank of cylinders. My apologies if I uh, spooked all the Porsche fans. Jeremy was right. It was coming out of the middle. ST pit stop time. Uh, the leader of the race is Tom Long, leading the race overall as well as ST. He is out of the car. And Andrew Carbonell is already into the Freedom Autosport MX-5 as the... 25 car comes in behind him and Tom Long runs down the pit lane and gets into that. He doesn't even right. get a breather because they've come in at the same time. Jim Roller. Yeah, right from one car to the other, John, and they, they told me that was going to be the strategy. If everything worked out well, they were going to bring him in under both cars in together under a caution. He was going to get out of one, run and jump in the other. That's like hot swap of the bunks on a submarine. Uh, that's an appropriate, uh, an appropriate analogy given their military affiliations the LaRue brothers have made their swap and had to take a little time getting back into the fast lane the acceleration lane of the pit lane the 36 is in as well Matthew Dickon out of that car as they all charge out of the pit lane we're going to have about an hour and five minutes of racing to decide both of these classes at the moment Tom Long out and runs to the pit he has to go onto the pit wall and then he's sent straight back onto the second car that that's yeoman's work from tom long today jeremy he hasn't done a lot of driving this season because the uh, the prototype that he normally drives is uh, he's been doing a bit of testing rather than racing he's making up for it today yeah he is uh, but certainly uh, the the uh 2016 missed a trick there because they, if they'd have brought him in uh, when that caution was clearly apparently about to come out as the race leader mm. in SD was coming into the pit lane, 
then uh, then he would have at least had time to have a little bit of a breather, perhaps even a, a bit of a drinkies before he got back into the number 25 car now, because the 25 car was far enough back yeah. that they weren't the, the pits would have been closed by the time that had an opportunity to come onto pit lane. So uh, he would have had that, the, the time between then and now, so to speak, uh, to uh, to catch breath. Not, no such luck for Tom Long. I have to say, Mr. Roller down there is our continental type pit lane reporter. I'm disappointed he didn't get a word with Tom there <laughs> as, he, as he jumped out of one car and into the other. Oh, yeah, so yeah. He's just not trying, mate, really. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I got stuck interviewing uh, Jaeger. So, you know, <laughs> just, you know what, what's a fella to do? But I do have, uh, I was able to catch up here with Britt Brit Casey. And, uh, Britt, you jump out of your car. You really look like you're, uh, you're overheated. Uh, what did Tom look like when he jumped in your car? Uh, I could only see his eyes, and I heard his voice, too. It didn't sound very happy, so I'm pretty fatigued. Um, no, but the Freedom Autosport guys definitely uh, did a good job today. Um, I made a couple mistakes there. Some are my fault. Some are other people's fault. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this one is for uh, Master Sergeant McKenna, who died last week on Friday. So he's a Green Beret that lost his life last Friday, and uh, this one's for him. And uh, I hope Liam can come back soon, which he will. So looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, as you know, John, uh, these guys race every week for uh, for someone in the military, and uh, it's a great it's a great cause. And uh, best of luck to this team the rest of the way. Can't disagree with that. No, I'm very impressed with Rick Casey Jr. He's a young I man, agree. In 17 years of age. Just he's uh, just only made two or three starts in this championship, but uh, he's a talent. Uh, Jim just saying, and I agree with what Jim said in my ears that he's been a possibly a little bit hypercritical of himself because I didn't think he did much wrong out there from what I saw in the early part of that race so over half distance now coming down to 65 minutes to run we have had some cautions but this is bubbling up nicely and as we go back to green in a moment or two's time it will be the nine car that leads from the 99 in second the 13 and the 14 Nissans in third and fourth position then it's the 6 teammate to the leader. Then the 46 BMW, Trent Hindman, in that car now. Who can go to the end? An hour and six minutes. It's going to yeah. be tight. No, it's going to be tight. I think splash and go, or you're going yes. to have another cough splutter. The only good... Th mm. I was going to say the only good thing about this place is if you roll the dice and you can get to the top of the last corner, you can roll down the hill. But it's a heck of a long way to... From the, the bottom the of the checkered hill, flag. Checkered flag yeah. Yes, it is. But uh, yeah, look, uh, this is this is really going to be interesting, isn't it? We saw the number nine car, of course, that had made its pit stop. Uh, the number nine and the 99, they'd made their pit stops under green flag Correct. before we went to this caution period. That is why those two are back in the lead right now. So they will need a bit more fuel than everybody else when everybody when they all come in for their pit stops. And number 13 car did indeed get out ahead of the number 14. So, uh, you know, it's. it's <laughs> I think everybody. I think everybody in the, amongst the GS field, unless there is another full course caution, that probably have to go on for more than two or three laps. Yeah. I think they're all going to have to make one more splash uh, and a, f a fuel stop. So, uh, but the ST guys certainly can go to the end from here, and it's Christian Shimjack who will lead the way in cover 34. Yeah, I said the two Nissans 13 and 14. I should have said the Porsche 13 and the Nissan 14 because the 41, of course, uh, was. Uh, part of the problem earlier and uh, Nick Haman did get the car back it has been uh, I believe that car has been parked it hasn't yeah. been 
across the line for a, a little while. That went yeah, behind they, the wall. They took it to the back garage. Uh, Kevin did the international sign of we're done. Ah, hand Oof. across throat. Yeah, it's the one. Thank you, Jim. That's a shame because that was a decent run by Nick Haman. He was battling for second position at one stage. And, and uh, I got to tell you, the team cuts is cutting the kid some slack because they really, really like the kid a lot. Clearly, and he's he's a team player. Uh, before the race started, one of the one of the crew guys kind of cor cornered me and said, "Oh man, this kid, you, this guy is so nice." He said, "You know what'll happen today at the end of the race?" And I said, "What?" He says, "He'll come help us pack the truck." <laughs> Back to green flag racing. Not many drivers do that in any form of racing. <laughs> Back to green flag, and we are racing again with uh, pretty much exactly an hour and three minutes when that green flag was thrown, still to go. And can Brett Sandberg do anything about the nine car ahead of him? 9.99, 14, 13, and six as they went across the line. And that is how they are still running as they go through the twisty parts of the first complex. Trent Hindman, get, uh, Hindman getting a little bit sideways there, coming out of four and into the snake, heading up, up the uphill, towards the uphill S's now. Yeah, and in ST, it's the four cars that made their pit stops as the caution came out that lead the way at the restart. So it's number 34, 17, 18, and 56, and everybody else that made their pit stops after that, led by number 92, then there's number 31, number 26, and number five car, Stephen McAleer, did indeed get out uh, ahead. Actually, no, he's no, right he behind, he's right behind Carbonell. Yeah, yeah I, mm. but there were several... There were, a bunch of positions between them. There were there were six cars between them when they came in for the pit stops. But because the number five car needed needed less fuel, they were just able to make that driver change and leapfrog up to get right onto the tail of uh, of Andrew Carbonell. So uh, interesting strategies playing out. Austin Sindrick uh, looking the man most likely at the moment in the 158. Got the number eight zero Mantella Autosports. Camaro with Carl Marcelli ahead of him. That's the battle for seventh and eighth position for the lead. Nissan still in third position with BJ Zacharias. He's got the fastest car in terms of lap time. And very few people under the two-minute mark. In fact, I think only four or five cars as we've got side-by-side -side action. And it's the Aston Martin and Sandberg having a look down the inside into corner number one Ooh. and gets it done. The nine car goes wide now. Can the nimble Nissan nip through? Can't quite do it. Just has to settle back into third position. So that was very nice driving by Brett Sandberg. And all of a sudden, this 99 Aston, Al Carter did a cracking job in the first half of the race, keeping that car in contention so it's Aston from the Camaro from the Nissan from the Porsche uh, then the second of the Camaros then the BMW the 46 car then the Shelby and behind Austin Sindrick is Billy Johnson his teammate in an unfamiliar car and colors it's a much darker blue black car as Eric Foss gets a little sideways yeah. third position in ST under immense pressure from cool. Rimmer Rosetti. And meanwhile, his teammate, Spencer Pompelli, has taken the lead in ST in car number 17 from Christian Shimjak in the Alara Master. And you know what uh, You know what Spencer is saying right now? To the Give me fuel. How much fuel have I got, guys? Do I need to be saving? 
two corners from the end of the last race. Spencer Pumpelli ended up coasting to a halt, having driven a brilliant race to that point. And Owen Trinkler in car number 44, taking over from Sarah Catania. He moved up uh, one, two, three, four places on that uh, on that first lap after the restart. Uh, so Stephen McAleer for C.J. Wilson Racing. Up into eighth position, couple of places gained there. But Andrew Carbonell is still ahead of him. And then now he's got Ethan Law in the 31 car between them. This is the battle for the championship between the two MX5 teams. One point only separating them coming oh. into this race. Leaders passed us on the start-finish line and down towards the heavy braking area, turn one. They've had a couple of relatively clear laps, but traffic will start playing again as we are now under one hour. 58 and a half minutes to run here at the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Four and a half minutes of green on this run. John Hindhoff, Jeremy Shaw in the booth. Our Continental Tire pit lane reporter is Jim Roller, keeping an eye on what's going on. As Eric Foss goes around the outside of the Alara Racing Mazda into turn number one, the ST Street Tuner category, second position then being disputed at the moment, but the Porsche can't get the grip on the outside. So head down to the pit lane, another good run by the IHG Rewards Club, four-line BMW, Trent Hindman in fifth position at the moment, which means we can speak to Ashley Freiburg with Jim Roller. That was a great first stint. Congratulations. How much fun was that? Oh, my gosh. So much fun. VIR is definitely one of my favorite tracks. It's, it's one of those tracks you really have to uh, think about versus try really hard at. But, uh, yeah, the Fall Line Motorsports IHG Rewards Club BMW is super fast. And you know what? It's all in Trent's hands now. So uh, I, think, I think it'll be a car that he'll like. So I'm hoping we get the win today. You got a pretty good vantage point here. You guys are pitted right here at pit out, which means you can see the starter stand, but you can see all the way through the turns one, two, and the turn three complex. Does that make it easier or harder? Uh, easier in terms of like people watching me, <laughs> or what no? Because uh, you've got to you've got to watch now for the rest of the race. So being able to see more does that make you more nervous, or uh, or or do you like it better when you can see this much? Actually, I like that I can see it. It's it's harder when I can only see him for one second, and then I'm waiting another two minutes to hope he comes back around. So uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm nervous, but I I hope we can get this one. I think that uh, all of us have worked really really hard this year, and I think it's time. Now you, the season's been a little bit, little bit up and down, but, but I think you're, many of us think you're coming into your own. How do you feel the season's gone? Oh yeah, for sure. I think every race, at least for me personally, I've been improving uh, each time out. You know, learning this car and learning how to make the most of, of what I've got. So uh, yeah, and I'm learning a ton from Trent and the whole team. You know, everyone works together to make the most out of every situation. So it's been a good year. All right. Well, good luck for the rest of today. Thank you. Ashley Freiberg with Jim Roller, and once again, we've got three cars across the track, racing for position into the first corner, and Eric Foss is just about holding on to his position with Christian Simchak and Remo Rossetti as well. Those three guys are having far too much fun. Now, this is the battle for second in ST. Simchak not quick down the straights, but insanely quick to the apex of the corner in that Alara MX-5. It's in the battle for the championship, by the way. Stephen McAleer is now uh, within 
eight tenths of a second of Ethan Law, but Andrew Carbonell is storming through the field and he's now up to fifth position. And he's only uh, a couple of seconds or so behind fourth, the battle there is effectively second, third and fourth. Big move up the inside by Voss as they begin to climb the hill through the compression now and heading up towards the oak tree turns. He's on the wrong side of the circuit and this might be an opportunity for a pass for position. And Carbonell's caught them. Carbonell has caught these three guys battling for second down to fifth. And now it's a four-car battle, and Carbonell's got a great run off the all-three turn in the Freedom Autosport Master number 26. He's in the hole in the air being made by Remo Rashidi and will pull out and try to make a pass. Meantime, ahead of them, it's too wide again as Voss goes down the inside, and Shirley Shipchat this time can't hold him off. No, he can't. And the Porsche goes back to second in ST. Great driving. Pompelli then leads now. The 17. Porsche from the 56 Porsche from the 34 Mazda from the 18 Porsche from the 26 Mazda that is the top five and four of those top five are absolutely together as they come to complete their 39th lap with still 55 minutes of this action to go it's gonna be tired tonight after this these guys they are doing a real workout Leader in ST then, Pompelli turns into the first corner. And now can Eric Voss split away as through into third place there. Good route by Remo Rossetti. And now can Andrew Carbonell follow him to two. Follow him through two. It's the battle of the two Mazdas. 158. Ostrin Sindrik giving uh, Scotsman Robin Liddell. A little love tap into turn one a moment or two ago. I'm sure Robin won't be too happy about that. <laughs> right in the braking area as well. So it's the 99 Aston leading Brett Sandberg by 1.3 seconds now. And Sandberg's doing some really good times out there within three tenths of the car's best. Two minutes point six last time around. 2-0-1 for BJ Zacharias in the Nissan in second. The unmistakable four-cylinder howl of the 26 Freedom Motorsports Mazda with Christian Simchak right ahead of him. Now these two cars should be pretty evenly matched. Stephen McAleer now within seven-tenths of seventh position which is Kevin Boehm in the 92. I mentioned that because that's championship implications. Every place that Stephen McAleer can gain for CJ Wilson Racing is points in the championship, and it is so tight that air position now may well decide the championship. Yeah, you're right, uh, because uh, it's so close in there, and you know, there's several other contenders here, not too far back either. This Spencer Pompelli, uh, he's probably dropped out of contention now as a result of that failure to reach the finish line two weeks ago at Road America, but you know, that team, they've already run two races this year. No one else has won more than that. Steve McAleer and Chad McCombie have also won twice, and uh, they are uh, charging along there in about... We're now in the eighth position is Steve McAleer, so he's now all of a sudden four places behind Andrew Carbonell. That's not where he needs to be. Meanwhile, the battle there in ST comes through us one more time. 40 laps completed by uh, the leaders in both classes. And that battle continues now for uh, second place. Here it is. 
two Mazdas rather too close together for comfort there. I don't think they're quite cheered pit coming out through three. Meantime in the GS battle. Not sure who that is. I think that was that the Rumbum Racing team we were listening to there. Not sure. This will be you. You are clear. Yes, it was. It was the Rumbum Racing team talking to Matt Plum, who's just gone ahead of the nine car. Now into third position then. So it's Brett Sandberg for Aston Martin from BJ Zacharias. In second now in the 1-4 Nissan. Third is the 13. The and bye-bye. <laughs> well, you hope so. Eight litres of Detroit iron behind you, trying to pull you back. So Trent Hind uh, Hindman will uh, now Hindman, excuse me, will be the next guy to have a look around. Decent run from Matt Plum, though, who uh, has come through the field. Yeah, despite that uh, power steering uh, mm. fluid loss there. So if, if that's all evaporated or uh, evacuated from the system, that'll make life difficult for Matt. But uh, he's doing well. Trent Hindman, though, he's one of the fastest guys. He got past Matt Plum last time around. Up into fourth place now is Trent Hindman. Uh, having finished on the podium, as you were talking about a little while ago, with Ashley Freiburg last time out. Yeah. And Matt Plum, in fact, is having the battle with the six car, not the nine car. My apologies. So that is in a fifth position. So 99-14-9, are your top six. And then Austin Sindrick, not too far away, only half a second back and behind Austin Sindrick. Billy Johnson now installed in the 51, the dark 302 Boss Mustang, the second of the Multimatic cars. This is the replacement car, remember, for the 1.5 car that had damage earlier in the weekend. And that, considering that car's barely been touched, got polished in a new set of brake pads, that is a fantastic run from Scott Maxwell and now Billy Johnson uh, behind the wheel of that car. Yes, it is, isn't it? Uh, it really, uh, a great story of perseverance there by Multimatic oh. Motorsports to get that car down here from Toronto. Uh, and uh, have it running so well here in the race. I mean, running right with that pack. The battle now for third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth place, Billy Johnson. They're absolutely all together, those guys. Carl Selly lost a little bit of ground Dude. shortly after the restart and hasn't been able to make that up again, but he's running. he's been running strongly all race long in that number 80 car. I'm very impressed with Brett Sandberg, if I'm honest, uh, Jeremy. The Aston going very well indeed. This is as good as we've seen the Aston all year uh, in the... GS category and he is staying ahead of BJ Zacharias despite the fact that BJ we know has got the fastest combination on the track at the moment this is a really interesting battle yeah it's been a tremendous performance by Brett Sandberg there in the lead of the race I absolutely agree with you and uh, great for automatic racing here David Russell and the boys there they worked so hard they had some problems yesterday with both of their cars uh, with some electrical difficulties which they've been uh, trying to figure out these are, these cars are three years old and and David's saying they really do need a complete refurbishment which will probably get open which they will get over the winter but uh, they're getting a little bit long in the tooth they don't go to, uh, to every single race each of the drivers but it's a great great effort by Brett Sandberg completely airborne there by Sandberg and by Zacharias as they went through the middle of the uphill S's the right-handed portion meantime in ST 
You want a bit of action? Just look back down the road to ST, where Remo Rossetti has uh, gone through on Eric Foss, and Eric's fighting straight back. This is the battle for second and third position, as Spencer Pompelli is uh, around about three seconds further up the road now. Andrew Carbonell in fourth position. Fantastic news for Freedom Motorsport and for Liam Dwyer watching on. Cursing his luck, he's not here. Mixed emotions, I would expect, from Liam, because he's a racer. He'll be cursing himself he's not here. But as a racer, he'll be delighted to see his car going so well. Uh, and the championship still very much alive in ST. So 17.56 and 18. The first three, then 26, Andrew Carbonell, Christian Simshak in the 34, the other, Mazda, the dark red car at the head of the field, then Ethan Law, the 31, Stephen McAlee, and now up to seventh. He's dispatched Kevin Bowen in the Honda Civic SI. So that's the other championship contender, CG Wilson Racing, Kevin McAleer, Stephen McAleer, rather, uh, ahead of Kevin Bowen. So the number five car up to seventh position, and worth keeping an eye on Stephen's times. 207-1, last time around, he's cleared some traffic. Let's see if he can close down on Ethan Law ahead of him and get some more important points in the chase for the championship. Yeah, that's, that's very true because uh, certainly Andrew Carbonell has pulled away from him since the restart. Those two were absolutely nose to tail when we went back to green flag racing. That was, uh, what, six laps, seven laps mm. ago. And uh, between them now are uh, just a couple of cars, which is better than it was, but uh, about six seconds of uh, of, of uh, six seconds in terms of time between those two. Him take a breath from me every time they go through the uphill S's and Brett Sandberg getting very very sideways and having to lift off the throttle there as he tried to battle the Aston Martin, which clearly didn't want to go at the way that Brett was coaxing it as they went up the hill to the oak tree turn. No oak tree there anymore, but still the oak tree turn. I thought it was funny speaking to Lucas Lur, the early part of the week, charged up there, hadn't realised that uh, the oak tree wasn't there, and his breaking point wasn't where he thought it was, almost through the car, the scenery. <laughs> and here comes BJ Zacharias, the battle for the lead. GS and overall, and the Nismo 370 goes through. The car that was right at the front of the field, has retaken the lead. Fantastic stuff for Nisma, Niso, Nissan and Nismo on what is effectively a home track for them. Big sponsors of VIR. All of the vehicles here supplied by Nissan. Lots of Nissan branding. They do an awful lot of corporate work here. And at the end of lap number 44, it will be the number 14 Nismo 370 that is scored as the leading car with 45 minutes to go, Jeremy. Yeah, and uh, it's been a really, really good race. To car number six, is uh, is he in pit lane? Is it Robin Liddell then on pit lane to make his final pit stop of the day? That, are, that is our, uh, our championship leader. They've got a handy margin of 15 points over the Plum brothers. The Plums now run in fifth place, and this will be the final pit stop of the day for that car number six. Jim Roller is there. Right sides only, John. Fuel and right side tires only. Robin Liddell back underway. Another very, very interesting call. They are doing what they need to. Championship well. It's playing out again. We've seen this in the last few races. No tires, two tires, four tires, short fill to keep position. Yeah. These two and a half hour races, they're all right. 
if you are into six hour, 12 hour, 24 hour endurance, you might look at these, which, which we are, yes. You might say, well, this is not a proper endurance race, but you'd be wrong. This is sprint endurance, but it's still endurance, and tactically, you have to be probably more aware in these races than you do in the longer races because there's no time to get it back. And frankly, who cares the distance because they are just great races from flag to flag. And at the head of the field, BJ Zacharias has not shaken off Brett Sandberg. Brett is doing a great job in that Aston Martin. He certainly is uh, taking over uh, from Al Carter. Those two have done an absolutely fantastic job here today. It has indeed as the entire team to get that car running up at the front here. But uh, it's, it's fascinating to me to see how closely matched all these leading contenders are in terms of lap time. There's virtually nothing to choose between them at all. And furthermore, uh, they, they might uh, make their speed in slightly different ways on this racetrack. But on the main straight, on the main straight from Oak Tree turn up to the top of the hill, uh, they, they, they're almost identical in terms of the elapsed time on that spell of the racetrack. Well, Brett, uh, Brett Sandberg is trying so hard, even on the brakes, he's just snaking into the braking area as he is trying to find some way, shape or form, of getting the Aston Martin a little bit closer uh, to the leading Nissan. Trent Hindman in fourth position, three-tenths away from the nine car in third, Matt Plum need some extra points here the rumbum racing car with the championship leader having just made what will be its final pit stop with 43 minutes to go matt plum and the rumbum racing guys need to pull something out of their hat here they last stopped on lap 32 and now on lap 45 i don't think they can go to the end from there i think they'll need a splash in the Porsche, they need a clean race, but they have to try and pull something else. Yeah, they no, have to pull something out yeah, here. I think everybody needs a pit stop now, except uh, that number six car. That's the first car to have made what will be its final stop of the day in GS. And leaves it 47 seconds out of the lead. Yeah, and what's interesting about that, they made their pit stop uh, knowing that they would get out ahead of the ST leader, so they're not going to get caught up in traffic either. Yeah, Jeremy. A uh, very good point that you make there, that he's out in clean air and therefore he can pick his own line, he's able to hit his marks almost like qualifying laps and to get the advantage of a little bit of clear track where you're not having to battle for every corner, get off line, use too much of your continental tyres up, use too much fuel up. It, it, very, very good point and that's maybe a, a, a wise strategy move. We will keep an eye on that car as it goes through, but at the moment, it's Zacharias and Sandberg who are putting on the show in GS. In ST, Spencer Pumpelli still leads it from Rashidi, then Eric Foss, then Andrew Carbonell. This is massive for the ST Championship. Carbonell in the 26 car after Tom Long had led the race overall, of course, on the pit stops in that Freedom Autosport number 26. Mazda, the green front with the uh, white, mainly white bodywork. Oh. Austin Sindrick lost a fair he bit did. of time on that lap. In fact, Billy Johnson's gone by. Yeah, him. actually, that might have been a slower car and uh, some three seconds. Bit of traffic. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Johnson's yeah, but, gone uh, through. Also, uh, uh, Trent Hinman now up into third place ahead of Lawson Arschenbach. So that's a change for position. The, BM the full line BMW up into third place, looking for its. Uh, Second podium finish in succession. Oh, damage to the back of the Aston Martin. 
the right rear light cluster is hanging on by its electrical cord now I haven't seen any contact there and he goes up the inside into the oak tree turn and retakes the lead so it's not slowing him down <laughs> better airflow through the back of the car clearly <laughs> there as he nips through that was an absolutely outstanding maneuver came from a long way back but BJ Zacharias was clearly unable to fight him to the apex and uh, again very clean driving by both gave him the racing room if BJ just out slightly outbreak himself and realised he wasn't going to be able to get back to the apex, they're at the roller coaster now. I think that was Kevin Dorn then. Okay, on let him go yeah, oh. I think that's uh, Kevin Dorn there on the phone to BJ uh, Zacharias. I'd agree. I'd slow down, but uh, I'd be surprised if any of these guys can make it. Quite frankly. I don't think they can. That well, that's very interesting indeed. Certainly, uh, they've cut their pace, they're running. Uh Two minute twos now. Here comes the number one five eight car onto pit lane. So they've go, given up that struggle. They reckon they, uh, I presume, they uh, realised they, they needed fuel to get to the end of the race. So Austin Sindrick brings that number one five eight onto pit lane. Can't see them changing any tyres. Is it fuel only? I believe so, and uh, away yeah. he goes. But behind, or well behind, Robin Liddell who's already gone through, and Robin Liddell is lapping considerably quicker than the race leaders. There's a replay there of that pass through the Brett Sandberg getting back past BJ Zacharias. It's certainly an easy move. Zacharias just kind of let him go there. He's now tucking in behind the Aston Martin. Yes, that was... A, that, now we know why, of course, having heard the radio traffic, and uh, thanks to our colleagues in TV for piping that uh, to us. So, Sambo back in the lead. All of these guys last pitted on lap 32. And that was just over an hour. About an hour and three, an hour and four to go in the motor race. And if any, well, if they can go, they can go. PJ Zacharias being told to soft pedal. They've clearly thought that they can save some fuel. But certainly if we think back... It looked very much like everyone would have to make an extra stop. This could be another one of those races, Jeremy, where people are coughing and spluttering on the last lap or two. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the first pit stops by the uh, number 99 car, number 9 car, they were the first... Well, they were the... They went the farthest, didn't they, before they came on? Because all the other GS leaders came in Correct. under the second caution period yep, and they on didn't. lap 50. They didn't. They came in after 24 laps, which I think was... I'm pretty sure that was a little bit less than an hour. So, uh, you know, now they're, they're asking to go more than an hour at the end of the race. I wouldn't have thought that was on, but... Uh, well, particularly as we've been green for the most part of that. Um, we've had a short uh, yellow flag, but... Yeah, I forgot uh, to make a note of when it actually weren't green again, but uh, I thought it was... Wasn't it more than an hour to go to the end? No, we've had one... Have we had one since then? We had certainly had an no. hour and three. All right. Yeah, just well, an interesting. 35 minutes remaining now. We've done what? Uh, 
12 laps since the restart that's 25 minutes or so so yeah it was it was around about an hour okay Brett Sandberg then leading for Aston Martin from the 14 Nissan in second struggling to make fuel that was the telling a racing driver not to race is an absolute killer and now BJ Zacharias has issues with Trent Hinman because the BMW the IHG rewards club car is looking to make a move down to the roller coaster area of the circuit super late on the brakes by BJ Zacharias somehow manages to keep the car into the apex but Trent will not be denied here I have a strong suspicion that Nissan is going to drop down the order. The question is, will the gamble pay off? Because if everyone else around them has to drop in for a splash and they don't, the first car I think he's got to worry about is the six. Down in eighth position, some 44 seconds further back down the road. There's nothing wrong with the shit straight line speed of that Nissan. Just blew the no. doors off the BMW completely. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, the Nissan... Uh I think is that, well actually the Porsche is the fastest car on the straight line in terms of, of a straight line speed the Nissan's slightly behind that and uh, everybody else maybe a mile or two mile an hour or two uh, behind that but of course the, the bigger V8 get off the corner really really well uh, in, meanwhile in ST we've got a Rensport 1-1-2 Spencer Papelli still leads in car number 17 Remo Rusiti is about 1.5 seconds back in the second place Eric Foss still runs third in number 56 uh, Porsche came in, so came in one, two, three. Andrew Carbonell in the fourth position, edging away a little bit now from Christian Shinjak. Jorge Larue, though, taking over for his brother, up into seventh place in car number four, and he passed uh, Stephen McAleer a couple of laps ago for that position in the class. That would be for seventh and eighth. Another slow lap uh, last time around by Austin Sindrick, and another two or three this time. This is uh, against a field that are mostly around him doing two or ones, two or twos and he's dropped down into ninth position I he suspect just, all is not well on the 158 well, he, does, he does have more fuel on board because he's just been in for a pit stop a few minutes ago uh, plus the tyres are getting pretty well worn now they elected not to change tyres on that car well, should be able to go to the end from where he is sure so that again may be a strategy call from Larry Holt and Multimatic getting ready for an Aston Martin, uh, sorry, for a Mantella Autosport stop in front of us. Confused slightly because they are using the Aston Martin TRG uh, pit area right in front of us. And Stephen McAleer has just lost, lost another position to Tom Long yeah. in the <laughs> again. Uh, in, uh, now driving number 25 car for Freedom Autosport, having started in the number 26 car. And that is that is really helping out these teammates in their quest for the championship because he's Indeed. just taken points away from their major championship contenders. CJ Wilson Racing and that number five car with Stephen McAleer on board. And Kyle Marcelli does indeed come into the pit lane. He's heading down towards us. The Montella Autosport guys are ready. The tyres, the Continental tyres, have been lifted off the pit wall and they go to work. Left sides first. Five lug nuts off. And the wheel nuts about to go back on on the left side. Is it all four or is it just the two? 
easily go to this side from here it's just going to be left side continentals the right sides have been looked at that's a very good stop indeed meantime Andre Carbonell gaining on Eric Foss for third position well this could even be a better day for Freedom Autosport three Porsche Caymans 17 18 and 56 but then the 26 Mazda that's the noise you can hear behind us it's the third the uh, the number 26 car Andrew Carbonell that has set the fastest lap of the race in ST that was set way way early in the race actually on lap four that was of course by Tom Long who's uh, still charging along there by the way uh, in the uh, eighth position now in ST just done that car's fastest lap as well a 207577 in the 25 car last time around best lap for the CJ Wilson racing car a two or seven one best lap for Andrew Carbonell two or five nine or at least for that car two or five nine so there's the issue they just don't have the pace of that 26 car when it gets into clear air leg up Liam as the decals say for Liam Dwyer, the normal driver of that car. Andrew Carbonell's normal teammate. He's heading up the hill now. Just love the sound of that uh, four-cylinder engine being revved within an inch of its life. Have driven a Jota Racing prepared Mazda MX-5. They are such fun cars to drive. They really are. Brett Sandberg has stretched away to 0.8 of a second from BJ Zacharias and Trent Hinman lapping almost exactly the same as BJ ahead of him and Sandberg is pulling away gently quietly without any fuss but just pulling away as we have less now than half an hour remaining and if you've been with us for the rest of the season here on IMSA radio then you will know that it would be foolish to drift away from this race at the moment because these Continental Tire Sports Car Challenges have a habit of exploding into action mm. just when you think everything is settling down into a rhythm we've had a good long green flag period now yep and about half an hour i think and uh, we've got just less than half an hour to go just under 29 minutes remaining now in this race on board here with the number 158 of austin Sindrick, who does seem to be struggling somewhat i think uh, surprised didn't change tires on that car because if there had been a caution late on in the in the running it might have been a really good opportunity to charge on hard so let's just uh, take in what Austin Sindrick's car is doing going up the hill looks okay now the residence is on the left hand side through the left hander over the brow just catching the curb they can probably hear the rattling of the curbs on the tire now down through the gearbox, second I'm guessing through the oak tree turn, third, fourth, snatching fourth past the alternate pits, at the head of the field the leader is in ST traffic and ST traffic that is battling, meantime Tom Long right in there with the leader, he's got the GS overall leader ahead so he's just dropped off the lead lap in the 25 car Stephen McAleer is now 
very close behind him, less than half a second as the leaders go through. And the two Mazdas now in the same piece of road as they head up towards Oak Tree Turn for their 52nd time. And that effectively is the battle, one of the battles for the championship, because although the 25 car is not in it, the five car certainly is. And the 25 car's sister machine in the hands of Andrew Carbonell at the moment is in fourth position and getting good points. And we could see the championship lead change at the end of this race if it was to stay as it is right now, Jeremy. Uh, yes, that's exactly right, because there was just one point margin between them coming in, and there's now one, two, three, four positions, uh, and that is uh, five points between those two. Not exactly a decisive lead, in fairness, <laughs> but a, a little swing in momentum, shall we say. As yeah, BJ Zacharias tries to put a lap on the Porsche Cayman number 31 ahead of him. That's Ethan Lowe. He's battling in the ST class. He is, in fact, in sixth position in that category. And getting past these ST cars at the sharp end of the ST field, he's not a foregone conclusion, even for the GSs. They are pretty rapid little machines. Can't say enough about Brett Sandberg at the head of the field at the moment. Another good lap last time around. Another lap as quick as anyone else except Carl Marcelli. Carl Marcelli, fastest car on the track last time around, a 2.010 huh. in eighth position. So that's impressive. That's within four tenths of a second of his best lap in mm -hmm. this race. So uh, he's flying along now. He's, uh, he, he made a pit stop just a couple of laps ago, uh, three laps ago. So he's uh, charging hard. Whether they changed tyres or not, the car was right in front of us, I didn't see. Um, but uh, certainly he's uh, turning some very, very good lap times. That's the quickest lap uh, we've seen out of anybody in, in a long, long time, actually. Signif about 10 laps. Significant battle heading under the Nissan Tudor Bridge up the hill once more through the uphill S's because that is Tom Long and Stephen McAleer absolutely nose and tail. The 25 Mazda with the 5 Mazda behind. Now, again, just to remind you, the 25 car not really in the battle for the ST Championship, but the 5 certainly is, and every position that the 5 can make up means it's going to be closer at the top between themselves, CJ Wilson Racing, and the 26 car, the sister car, the car that they're trying to get through at the moment. And Billy Johnson has just gone by Matt Plum as well for fifth position. Thank you, Jim Roller, just spotting that as they went past him on the start-finish straight. And there is the 13. And going into the roller coaster, Billy Johnson is indeed ahead. Well spotted by Mr. Roller. Spin, and it's the 11 again, Phil Bloom's car. Has Phil been in that all the time? Is he driving it on his own? But it is the 11 car, has gone around. That was right in front of Austin Sindrick in ninth position. But no harm, no foul. A very stock-looking car. Not any added bits on at all, just the fixed rear spoiler. Very bouncy as well under its gear changes. Looks like it probably might need some stronger springs. Do you want to go down there and engineer it, John? Can you? Um, listen, you might not be able to change the springs, so I could be talking nonsense, couldn't I? 
just it was when he changed gear. He's changing gear either very uh, aggressively or the car is... Uh, the bump and rebound needs looking at. That's a black art in itself. The only thing I know about suspension setup is it's wet, slacking it off. That's it. Yeah. As much as I know, learned that karting. Brett Sandberg then still in the lead of this race, really doing a fine job. His best uh, previous finish in this championship is third place. Uh, actually, it's same for uh, Al Qaeda too. These too often don't don't share cars too often, but Al Qaeda had, had a third place finish and uh, the best for. Uh, Brett Sandberg also a third. He's done that on two occasions, neither of them this year. Uh, Alcard has only done uh, one race previously this season, so uh, he is. Do, he did a fine opening stint. Now Brett Sandberg, he's done. Uh, this is his fifth race of the campaign. The first race he did actually at Daytona was in a Nissan uh, for Tim Tim Bell Racing, which then disappeared from from the series, unfortunately. Wow, a big slide there sideways by Sir Brett Sandberg coming down the hill. Down through the hog pen towards the final corner. He'd just gone past Andrew Carbonell in fourth position in ST, and he's about to deal with Eric Foss and put him here lap back. And just pinched the exit. Maybe trying to set himself up through goes the Nissan of BJ Zacharias. Just can't quite get back onto the rear wing of that Aston Martin. Quite a small, quite a reserved quietly spoken rear wing on that Aston again if it wasn't for the racing paint scheme that car would quite look quite stuck it has now lost its rear light cluster and slides again oh now is this problems for the 99 car Brett Sandberg having real issues getting the power down through the rear continentals fabulous longevity on these continental tires but they have been put through a lot today in very extreme conditions heat oil on the circuit and long green flag runs the things that tire engineers hate oil on the tires does nothing for their chemical makeup either and the chemical grip that's generated Trent Hinban's not that far behind either, just maybe another couple of seconds back as he is coming through the ST traffic and makes a very aggressive move so there. Another very slow lap there for Austin Sindrick, 207, so he's running the same sort of pace as the ST cars. Mm. So clearly a problem for the number 158 Shelby GT 350RC. And Kyle Marcelli again, the fastest car last time around. Another 2013 as Sindrick is coming yeah. to a halt. Damage to the front of that car. That was. I can't get it in any other okay. He's been having transmission problems then and gear selection problems. Damage to the front of the car and to the left hand side. And Billy Johnson continues the good luck side of the Multimatic story. Yeah, big damage on the left front just behind the front wheel and the, the front wheel is not at the correct camber angle. It's uh, running a little bit too much, a bit too much tour as well, I think. Meantime, at the head of the field, the battle is heating up once again because BJ Zacharias, despite being told to drive with his carpet slippers on to save fuel, has caught up now to the leader, Brett Sandberg, who is struggling mightily 
with rear end grip on his Aston Martin. I did tell you, don't write the headlines yet down there in the media centre. This one is still up for grabs, and do not count out the 46 of Trent Hindman either. No. Because he is throwing the car around with some aplomb, and I think he sniffs blood at the head of the field here. The team will have been watching the times. Traffic playing a part, of course, but it's going to be down to tyre management and fuel management, particularly here, and Hinman is pushing hard. Meantime, the 51 has caught the nine for fourth position. Billy Johnson in the Boss 302 Mustang that Multimatic trucked down here, started at the back of the field. Car did not qualify, hasn't even turned a competitive wheel since Mazda Race Rear Laguna Seca. They put some new brake pads in it, embedded those in, driving steadily round the back of the paddock. And that car now up to fifth position and beginning to challenge the nine car for fourth. Now the nine car is taking points off its championship leading stablemate at the moment, so I'd expect to see that car pulled into the pits for an extra pit stop. The problem with doing that is it'll hand an extra point to Matt Plum as well who is the major competitor so what I expect to see that nine car stay out as long as it can to make sure that if there is an opportunity it can play the spoiler for the rum bum racing Porsche but then near to whatever the denouement may be it will give up its position and slot in behind its teammates to get extra points for the championship challenge. No problem with that, that's team racing. Sometimes a split strategy works for you, sometimes it doesn't. It has been a split strategy for that team today. But Billy Johnson is about to start taking points from that nine car as they go through traffic in the ST field. Yeah, they just lapped it. This is the, the battle for the lead, actually. These guys are about to lap the... Uh, the ST, yeah. Yeah, ST is just going to lap down to the overall race leaders. It's still, still Spencer Pampelli who leads, but then you can see there, sandwiched uh, between the two uh, RS1 Porsche Caymans that are running first and second. Spencer Pampelli lets the two GS cars go past there before he gets into the uphill S. His smart move there, but it's certainly going to allow Remy Rusiti to get even closer in that number 18 car. He had to breathe the throttle a little bit. There's only about 1.4 seconds between the two RS1 cars as they came across the line last time. It's been fairly constant, but Remo has just he's brought it down by about a second, but only over the course of about eight laps. So it's been very, very closely matched at number 17 and 18 cars, as one would expect, of course, for teammates. Well, the battle for fourth position, the 51 car of Billy Johnson cannot live with the six car in a straight line. Is he going to pull it back towards the end of the straight? Well, he's not really. He's having to do the dive bomb under the braking, and he closes the gap there. But that uh, Camaro ahead of him, he's mighty fast in a straight line. Certainly in terms of the battle for the American muscle cars. This is the older Multimatic Steed, of course, pressed back into race action this weekend. Good exit from the final corner by Billy Johnson. He's closed in, but he can't get into a position to pass. But I do think he's got a bit better car underneath him, maybe a little more grip meantime. Going into turn number one as they cross the line for fourth and fifth position. Sandberg and Zacharias with Trent Hinman coming and coming strongly. Ran about a second and a half between Hinman and the battling leaders now. 
and this is getting very interesting indeed. It is just over 15 minutes to go in this race. So, uh, stay green, stay green. <laughs> yeah. Well, How some people want it to stay green and some of them don't oh. because uh, I've no doubt that some of them here are, are, are very, very tight on fuel. Well, mistakes are likely to be made as drivers get tired and tyres get tired and cars are getting used up. Oh, and the Mini's gone off at the Oak Tree turn. Now, it's the 37 car. They haven't been on the pace really today. That's uh, JCW Stephen Simpson lapping a couple of seconds last time off the pace of the cars around him. Now, the leaders have gone through. Now, what will race control make of this? With 14 and a half minutes to go, it's off. It's in a place on the left-hand side, driver's left, into the oak tree turn. Can they get that moved under local yellows? That's going to be the question. As the 370 has a run on the leader, Sandberg is going to have to defend, and he can't do it. And through, back into the lead, the Nissan. Remember, they thought they were short on fuel. Maybe, the oh, he's drifting wide in the roller coaster, and back comes the Aston Martin, almost round the outside of the left-hander. Great scrapping for the lead of the motor race. And that is BJ being told, if you've got to go to reserve, you will have to pit. I'm not sure whether that was BJ, whether that was uh, David Russell. I'm not sure, to be honest. It didn't sound like uh, Kevin Doran. Where's uh, number 46 car? Oh, Trent Hindman is on to pit lane. So, uh, oh, so I, I they blinked. That, I would have thought that was one of the more frugal cars out there. So I don't see any way these other guys can make it to the end. But Still 13 minutes to go. You're yeah. asking a lot, aren't you? Well, you are. Now, all of a sudden, is Robin Liddell in the box seat? Got to be a time stop, guys. Three, four, five, Can't get the car restarted. Couple of seconds too much on the fuel. And now Trent Hindman can't get it restarted. And time is ticking away. Oh, this is... I think he was so close to being out of fuel there that he might have had a little bit of vapor lock in the fuel line. He comes back out. He's almost lost a lap there. We can't have surely. But he's no, back in that no. ST battle again. That's going to annoy him. Who's that behind him? It's Kyle Marcelli. So he's dropped down to seventh position. And Marcelli then, and here battling the leaders then. 12 and a half minutes to go. That is a big move by the BMW squad. We know the six car is fueled to the end in sixth position now. Important championship points there. He is the person who stopped most recently. And that is the 44 laps were down when that six car came into the pit lane, 45 minutes to go, so we know that they can go to the end. Oh, this could all be turned on its head before the end of the race, you know. Yeah, don't uh, don't leave your seats now, that's for sure. Yes, for those of you uh, doing written reports, how do you spell grandstand finish? That's number 51 car, I think must be on pit lane. Billy Johnson also Correct. then gives up the struggle. From 
fourth, a strong fourth position for yes. that car. Yeah, it hasn't been the fastest car here, but he's done a great job, Billy Johnson, uh, taking over from Scott Maxwell. Both of those two really uh, fine performance, super consistent driving. Four, five seconds, six seconds of fuel. 10 seconds of fuel, 11 seconds of fuel, and he stalls it as well, and has to refire the boss three or two. Didn't lose half as much time as Trent Hinman, though. So, so where's he going to come out in relation to number six? Yeah, sure well, we beat him out or not? It's going to be very close. Very close indeed. Zacharias then with 11 minutes to go. Are they going to roll the dice? The Aston and the Nissan at the head of the field are still battling it out. They might be in fuel-saving mode. They might be coaxing the cars to the end. They'll be looking at the numbers. But it's going to be very close indeed. The nine car has just quietly stayed behind them, in fairness. They're only four seconds off the lead. I didn't think. I don't think that nine car would go to the end, surely. But if we're wrong, that could be a podium. So the leading two, where the action is at the moment, cough, splutter, dive into the pits. That would be the only thing to do. But at this point, I think with ten minutes to go, you've got to roll the dice. The problem is... Yeah, the nine car did come in along with everybody else. Correct, 32, lap 32. Yeah. Every The, the top four lap, last pitted on lap 32. That's down to fourth place Matt Plum. After that, it'll be... Let me see when they cross the line. I think Billy Johnson might have just got out ahead in fifth position and held on. So he's the next one now. So Billy Johnson. Yep. Right, so there goes the... What was the third place car? Engine still running, but don't worry about that, it's allowed. About eight seconds of fuel, I'm told, from Jim Roller. Allowed to fuel with the engines running here. As it goes out. Jim oh. Roller down in the pit lane. Uh, Strategy-wise, of course, the longer you go, finish less, that sentence. The less fuel you'll need, yes. but... At some point, you've left it too long, and uh, the guys down here at the, at the Nismo pit, these Nismo athletes are rolling the dice, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Run it down to zero. They have got 35 seconds last time across the line between themselves and the first car that's pitted, or thereabouts. No, check that. It was about 44 seconds. So... Mm, and the Robin Liddell six car has got ahead of the Mustang of Billy Johnson as they went past this time. So can you get in and out in 40 seconds with a splash of fuel to get to the end? I, I think you can because Billy Johnson was about six seconds or so behind the leaders when he pitted. Jim Roller is doing the mental arithmetic in base 60. Thank goodness you... Have some, uh, have some uh, experience of doing that, uh, Jim. What do you reckon? Can these guys pit and get back out in in front of the first guys who are pitted to go to the end? If if it's just like five seconds of fuel, six seconds of fuel, yeah, I think so because Billy Johnson pitted and he was about six seconds behind the leaders when he pitted and came out just 
either right behind the uh, six car or just right in front of him. I couldn't see from from here because of the bend on the front straightaway, but and the six car was able to get by him because he had a whole, full head of steam and everything mm -hmm. else. But uh, it was really close. So, uh, boy, I wouldn't want to have to make that call. <laughs> That's why the team managers need a cool head, and they are paint the big books. You know, in golf, they say drive for show, putt for dough. Yeah. Well, this is where the crew chiefs are all hovered over their putters. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Good analogy from Jim Roller as uh, Continental Tire pit lane reporter. And in seven and a half minutes or eight minutes time, maybe a little more than that, we'll be talking to who has done the sums the best. Third place now for Matt Plum and Hugh Plum in the Rum Bum Racing Porsche. This is precious points for the championship but the bad news is that their championship rivals are right behind them and no doubt in my mind at all if the nine and the six well, aren't already swapped over they will be shortly they're a fair way behind them but uh, Matt Plum now they, they seem to be going to try and try and stretch their fuel as well they I think they've got a I think they've got a chance of doing that let's have yeah. an update from the Nismo pit here's Jim Roller just looked at Kevin Doran along with Brian Till, and uh, Kevin shook his head no, and Brian said, well, will you come in? Kevin shook his head no. So they are, uh, they're, they're rolling the dice. It's, it's, it's zero or hero. Win or bust. There is another way of saying that, but it would have been the last thing I ever said, but you know what I mean. Well, good for them. Good for them. Third place in the championship for that car as Billy Johnson is still battling with the Camaro ahead of him. And that is still the amiable Scotsman Robin Liddell, championship leader. Billy Johnson could do rumbum racing a real favour here if he gets through because that would make it more difficult for that team to be able to swap their cars around. Rumbum racing yeah. in third place at the moment. The, 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 the three leaders, they've cut their pace by a good couple of seconds of, of what they're capable of running at this stage, trying to stretch their fuel load. Same with, with Matt Plum there in the third place, perhaps even more for Matt Plum, actually. Meantime, in ST, uh, Spencer Papelli has edged out just a little bit over Remo Rusetti. Uh, and in third place now, a pretty comfortable third place is Eric Foss. And then Christian Shimjak has got back past Andrew Carbonell. Those two mouses and exchange places about three laps ago that battle for fourth and fifth and uh, the uh, championship implications certainly for andrew carbonell in particular all of a sudden there's a big gap between bj zacharias and brat Sam brett sandberg for first and second and i just wonder zacharias has just put in a three nine much quicker than he has done have they changed their mind are they going to give a quick sprint with what they've got left try and maximize the gap and get in and out jim roller is down by the nismo pace the crew is standing by john they've got the fuel rig ready fire bottles are ready now it comes down to will they or won't they well the last lap around was a, was a two minutes 3.9 the previous lap was a, a two minutes three flat uh, the, the last four laps have been all been in the threes, uh, and they were running uh, twos before that and ones before that. So, yeah, they're certainly you're trying to do everything they can. Pretty much this lap, that's they're talking to him from the pit wall. He's coming down to the final part of the circuit now. Does he pit this time? He does not. 
He's uh, going to do one more. Well, he's going to have to do two more because uh, we're not going to get the white flag this time. It'll be next time around that we get the white flag for this race. Oh, it's so close. It at that time, so all of a sudden he's dropped two seconds trying to save fuel. The first two cars exactly the same. Yeah, 2.06 for Zacharias, 2.06 for Sandberg, Matt Plummer, 2.052. What's he got left in the locker? He is eight seconds back, though. But any little cough, but we've got ST cars overtaking the leaders here. One of the Honda <laughs> America Racing Team. It has gone through, it's the 92 car, is he out of gas now? If he is, he's got an uphill, and here comes Brett Sandberg, who's got the most fuel? He's out, he's out of gas, the leader is out of fuel! And he's now going to have to struggle around for nearly two and three quarter miles. And he's going to give up the lead. That's gone. He's going to give up second place because here comes the Rum Bum Racing Porsche. This is disastrous. He just didn't get in. In the, if he'd come in that lap, he could have got a splash and got third, but he was, he's given that up now. You know, he's not going to get round. That is really, really stretching it. I hate it for Kevin Doran's team. I mean, they're such great people. Kevin's got been in the sport such a long time, but, I mean, they had the speed advantage. The leader's out. Yeah. Is the leader out as well? He's the, slowing down. Yeah, Matt Plum, can he make it now? Eh? But the, for the leading this and there, they had the pace... They had the, the track advantage. Why not make a pit stop? Ah. On reserve. On reserve now. The leader on reserve with the white flag this time around. This is like a backwards cycling race. <laughs> Everyone's trying to get round in the slowest time. Kicking it out of gear, coasting down. I'm sure that, that Brad Sandberg there was coasting down the you back straight. You go get him. That is, that is Matt Plum. Matt Plum being told, go and get him. Yeah, by Joe Vardy. Yeah, absolutely. This is this could oh, in the pits! In the pits! Yeah. The leader Brett Sandberg! They're not gonna make the same mistake. This is smart move by these guys. They will will might just about salvage. And a full course caution has come out as they go across the line. It's over. And it's the 14 car that's run out of fuel in a dangerous spot. He hasn't pulled off the circuit. That's poor from that is the very poor driving from BJ trying to get back, but he's handed the win. He's handed the win. The 99. around though. Well, the 99's gone straight through and didn't stop, and you're not allowed to do that. You've got to stop at your pits. Let's see if that doesn't pick up a penalty of some description, but it means he ha hangs on to second place. Matt Plum is on the pit lane Wait, speed limiter. What happened to number 18 car? He's lost a wheel. The 18 car has lost a wheel. That is Remo Rossetti. I think he's on the pit lane speed limiter. I'm, in fact, I'm certain he is because of. And there is yeah. the 18 car going without off a wheel, without a right front wheel into turn Second number one. Second place in ST. And once again, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge goes completely bonkers at the end of the race. Yes, he's un, he's under he's definitely Matt Plum has got the pit lane speed limiter on. Jim Roller down in the pit lane. The 99 car. Brett Sandberg came in and then did not stop at his pit because the full course caution came out. What's the news? Well, there's no penalty, but he's got to finish this lap. Yeah, that's right. He has to cross the line. Okay, my bad.
Wrong series, says Handoff. <laughs> right rule, wrong series. Yeah. It's always somebody's rule. It's just have I applied it to the right series. Oh, the ignominy for Nismo and for Nissan. Locked out the front row as they were not cruising to a victory, but surely had the victory within take grasp. The flag. You still got to take the flag. Yeah. Matt Plum is literally coasting to the, the chequered flag, and this is a massive victory. Now, the Joe Vardy. Joe Vardy knows, I think he's got it there. He, I'm not sure well, he does. No, quite. He's just, he's just thrown his pen over his shoulder. I'm not sure he knows that they can do this. He's hopeful that he can. Now, the bad news for the team leading the championship is that under full cost yellow, they can't swap the cars round. So they can't get extra points for the championship winning cars. So they will doesn't, lose points. It doesn't really matter that much. I mean, they've got a huge lead now. They had a, uh, a lead of uh, 15 points coming in. Well, yeah, OK. <laughs> if they win the race, you're right. Yes, you know. exactly. Here he comes. This may be the slowest three-lap average at the end of a race we've ever seen. Full course coached on the last one. But it is the number 13. Lucky for them, Matt Plum and Hugh Plum <laughs> take maximum points at VIR. And the drama, the drama continues. Jim Roller, because the 99 car is stopped on the back straight. Yeah, as he's tumbling down the order, so good heavens. Like you said, don't write the headline yet. Wow, that means nine and six on the podium and Trent Hindman in, Hindman in fourth position. So the Aston didn't quite make it to the end. Meantime, the man who had the problems with the fuel at Rhoda Murray, Spencer Pompelli, takes a five second lead and makes it a win in the number 17, RS1, Red Sport 1, Porsche came in ahead of Eric Foss for the Paul City Marilla Motorsport team in second. And Christian Simchek wins a long battle of the Mazdas in the third place. Championship contender Andrew Carbonell becomes championship leader, I reckon, with the 26 car on his own with Liam Dwyer sitting at home watching this unfold Ethan Law in fifth position Ton Long keeping back Stephen McAleer and holding a couple more points away from the CJ race, uh, Wilson racing car I think has Spencer Pompelli run out of fuel but this time it's, sure. <laughs> it's after the uh, checker so that really doesn't matter well 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 drama well, you want drama can watch I'll, the Continental I'll Task Force Challenge Race I, I do I, Okay, that's what Spencer was waiting for. Spencer Time waiting to do for the donuts. Well, he had plenty of fuel. Well, yes. Matt Plum's had enough fuel to do an extra lap on the slowdown as well. Yeah, what? Uh, I mean, Joe Vardy, he is the master, absolute master. I mean, he's a great driver in his own right. He runs this rum bum racing team, calls all the strategies, tells the drivers exactly what they need to do. They trust him implicitly. And they've done exactly what they were told, both uh, Hugh Plum in the first stint, Matt Plum. He's been saving fuel all the way through this final run to the chequered flag. You've got a feel, though, for both automatic racing and uh, Aston Martin and for Doran racing. You know, those two had the pace advantage. Everybody else was coming into the pit lane. I don't know why they didn't, uh, didn't take the opportunity to come onto pit lane, but uh, 
saw very well. Yeah, you've got to give him credit for, for going for it, I guess. Um, but it's come up short for both those two. But what a great victory this has been for Rum Bum Racing. And this is going to be that team's second win in a row and extends the lead now. Matt Plummer was already the most successful driver in Continental Tire uh, Sports Car Challenge history. And this now is win number 22 for Matt Plummer. And a six for his brother, Hugh. Just unbelievable yeah. stuff. Unbelievable stuff. Jim Roller down there in the pit lane. The drama on the pit stands just unfolding in front of your eyes and the the kind of tension that was done down there palpable you could have cut it never mind a knife you could have cut it with a baseball bat all you had to do is look at it and it would have cut i mean good lord it was like every one of the crew chiefs and it just wasn't one crew chief it was the you know everybody that had something at stake they were like you know like a long-tailed cat in a rocking shell factory i mean talk about nervous everybody was pacing and walking back and forth and, and, and one addition about Joe Vardy, I mean, in the day when he was a driver, talk about a guy that would give no, he was fair, but he would give no quarter. You know, he's the Bob Leitzinger of his day, one tough customer. And he's toughed it out today to get that victory for Rumbum Racing, Matt and Hugh Plum, making it a couple on the bounce now for the Porsche. Wow, that's a big one. Keep their championship rivals behind them. Yellow flag meant they couldn't switch the cars around at the end of the race and ST all changed now as well yeah I know it's such a great opportunity there for BJ Zacharias uh, and uh, Brad Jager to make up some championship points here now they've lost a lot of ground to the leaders there's only going to be 10 points now between Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell who continue to lead the points uh, and the, the Plum brothers, Matt and Hugh, just 10 points behind them now, well, two races to go. And I tell you what, they've looked in there because if those guys hadn't run out of fuel yeah. between them, they would have been between them. They would have been even closer. <laughs> I mean, this is just unbelievable stuff. Not sure where the advantage lies as we move into the last couple of rounds, but we'll see the finale at... Road Atlanta for the Road Atlanta 10 hours, of course. Well, I don't think anybody has an advantage. You just look at the lap times here between all the leading cards in GS. There's nothing to choose between them at all. They're really, really close. Uh, I mean, literally thousands of a second between the ultimate lap time. They make their speed in different ways, but I think they've got these cars really, really closely matched. In ST, Freedom Autosport, thank you very much, Tom Lung, because not only does he put Andrew Carbonell just off the podium and get them great points in their championship challenge but he then jumps in the other car and takes points away from CJ Wilson Racing Stephen McAleer couldn't get by him and he finishes a point ahead of him they owe him a very nice night out tonight and possibly copious amounts of adult beverage yeah absolutely right it, it, it could have been a little bit better for Freedom Order Sport if they'd chosen to come in uh, when that caution period came out instead of waiting uh, coming right before it which they could have done a couple of other guys did so they elected not to and that certainly cost them but maybe only a couple of positions and it's been a great performance by Freedom Order Sport Andrew Carbonell comes away with another fourth place finish Let's uh, head down to Jim Roller, our Continental Tire pit lane reporter. He's in the media scrum at the back of the paddock as the leading cars are coming into Park Fermier. Jim? I've actually moved to victory lane. We're waiting for... Uh... Thank you, Jim. As the detritus from that fuel-saving run is pulled back in, the Aston Martin... By the way, the Aston Martin dropped down to seventh position... And the Nissan dropped all the way down to 23rd and 8th in class. 
Spencer Pompelli wins ST in a fuel-saving race at the front of the field. This time he came out on the right side of it. Jim Roller. Spencer Pompelli, congratulations. A little, little vindication. He's going to go over and uh, have a big hug with the crew. I tell you, after a uh, huge disappointment last time out on a, on a fuel-saving run, this time you had uh, a little extra fuel to, uh, to do some donuts and... And, and that sort of stuff. As the confetti goes off down here, we'll let him get his helmet off so we can uh, see that happy face and uh, hear the happy answer. So, do you feel vindicated? I'm sorry? Do you feel vindicated after running out of gas in the last one? Yeah, you know, that was, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it didn't creep into my mind those last couple of laps. But, uh, and this car was great. The team was great. Lewis did an awesome job. And the Continental tires are just so good, especially when there's a tough track like this and they fade. They just stayed all day. And, uh, man, how about it? It's a, I have to apologize, probably the lamest donuts I've ever done in my career, but uh, I need more practice in the low horsepower cars. Other than that, it was a flawless race from the Run Sport 1 guys. I can't say thanks enough. Now, Lewis was the key. You guys, you and the, the, the four leaders in ST came in together during that, right when that caution came out. Was that, the, was that the seminal moment of the race for you guys? I think that it was. It was a crucial moment of the race, but still just a phenomenal job by Spencer. I feel really bad for the 18 and for the RS1 crew. But it just feels great after what happened to us over there in Wisconsin to get this win today. Well, congratulations, guys. Good job. Yeah, the team car losing a wheel while in contention uh, and dropping down to 16th position in class, 24th uh, overall. Very, very odd. Right front wheel parting company with the cars. It went by us and then, of course, couldn't make the first corner, Jeremy. I don't know whether there was contact with another car that maybe was a lap down. I, I, I don't know, but uh, certainly... Uh, the wheel fell off with you know just just one lap to go so real heartbreak for Remo Rosetti and uh, Dylan Merkin who really had done an excellent job to run there in the second place and it was looking so good for a 1-2 finish for that team let's uh, go to the head of the GS field Plum and Plum Plum lucky or Plum good today Jim Roller well I'll ask him John so do you guys feel Plum lucky or Plum good you know I think it's a combination of a good team uh, it's my mother's birthday and it's my um Wife and I's 17th anniversary, so... Uh, plum lucky, then. Plum lucky. Uh, you know, I'll take, I'll take lucky any day. But uh, we don't need luck with these guys. Um, you know, we get a bit of bad luck um, on my end and uh, with the power steering. And it's up to me to fight through it, just like they fight through any time we have a, a, a hitch on their side, which is rare. So um, I'm just thankful I could hold on there to the end. Porsche is strong. Tires are great. And I uh, got one of the best co-drivers around. How close were you on fuel? Uh, it was blurry there at the end. So um, <clears throat> they just told me to conserve and, and when to go and kind of where I was in the great grand scheme of things. And, um, yeah, they make it easy on me. It, it can be a bit of a knucklehead driver like we are. And um, I'm just so thankful to uh, come through. How good did it feel when uh, you heard on the radio, go get him, go get him? Uh, it was part um, excitement, part exhaustion, because uh, I knew I'd just kind of summon up a little, little more squirt of energy. As soon as you start relaxing, you know, the lactic acid builds up a little bit, and uh, it's the beginning of the end, so I had to kind of re-fire the batteries back up. Um, but I was excited to go after them, and, and uh, there's nothing worse than driving around on uh, saving fuel. How nerve-wracking is it for you when you know he's out there and you don't know if he's going to have enough fuel to make it? Unbelievable. I mean, when I gave him the car, you know, he, he is as strong and as tough as they come. And, you know, and, and 
Um, there was no way I thought he is going to be able to make it through the next 55 minutes. Of it was it was brutal. It was grueling as hell up on the wheel, just trying to you know maximize speed. Um, you know, unbelievable Continental Tire, Lou Bacardi. This is un unbelievable. Ten points back in the championship. It's it's on, isn't it? It's on. Game on. Uh, we've got two races left, and. Um, you know, this is what these guys deserve. Rumbum's the, the best in the business, and uh, what better of a team to be uh, to be with in 10-point arrears. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. Ooh. Do you know what? Uh, probably a Porsche is one of the few cars you can get through the race without power steering on. I mean, take nothing away from those guys. They did a, mm -hmm. a great job, but fair play to them for staying out there. And all of a sudden, it's all looking a little bit different at the front of the GS field. What about ST? Uh, that has changed around again, and we've got a different uh, championship leader as we leave VIR in ST. Uh, Andrew Carbonell will lead the championship on 212 points to the 209 of Stephen McAleer and Chad McCumbie. Uh, third place now will be Eric Foss, who uh, last year's champion, who was on 196. So it's a 16-point deficit that he will have to make up if he's going to repeat as champion in ST. So it's all tying up on just uh, closing up nicely. Hope you've enjoyed our coverage of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. The excitement continues down in Victory Lane. Thank you to our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter, Jim Roller. Jeremy Shaw was alongside me, John Hindorf in the studio. Told you not to write those headlines. And the rest of the season is still to come. And don't forget, you'll hear it all live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.